Thank you for um, joining us again this um, Sunday. You know, um, I was I'm, I'm actually less short of words. You know, from the excitement of the race. You know, one of our, in my opinion, the race of the season so far. I don't think any track has stopped the excitement um we've gotten from this race um so far this season you know especially in the last few not even in the last few laps all through all through um the race from the uh first corner you know um down to the final lap i would say it's been um full of um, excitement you know um a big congratulations to Carlos Sainz. Uh, Carlos uh, won his first, achieved his first uh, podium, and then got his first then uh, win in a in a very well, I say on 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 in a, pre- a prestigious circuit, you know, and venue, um, Silverstone, a place that is highly regarded on the calendar. So, um, big ups to him. Um, I hope um, things. Um, go up there for him and then um we could say ah uh, Paris <laughs> this, this is what I mean by this race has been very eventful at the time I I I, 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 I did I even forgot Paris was in the race I forgot Paris was in the race towards uh, it was towards the um safety car um was um when the safety car came and I thought oh this brother is still here you know so um um after the um front wing damage that you know took him back um a bit you know he was able to recover and you know be on the podium so um great drive from prayers as well and then um I know most I know we have a lot of uh, Mercedes fans here um what I would say is congratulations to you all you know, um, your goat is, well, I say your goat is, is back up there. And um, I wish, or I, rather I hope that it can be up there, you know, for your six. 
And then um unfortunate incident from George Russell. Um both Alpha Romero's um out. Um I'm glad that Guan Yu is happy. Um sorry, not happy. Um well you should be happy. I'm glad that um Guan Yu is um safe and um, healthy. Um I think that was a very nasty uh, Incident and uh, luckily, uh, luckily there were no marshals there, which is um, another um, good thing because that could have been very nasty as well. So, um, uh, usually, I usually have a notes of things that happen, but because of so many things happening, I'm just freestyling from the top of my head. So, um, yeah, I guess we'll just um, look or rather go into things um, as we progress. So, first of all, I'd like to call on um, Peter. Um, and then, um, after Peter, please guys, if you'd like to speak, um, please raise your hand and then uh, we'll go from there, you know, and, um, yeah. So, um, Peter, please go ahead because you were the first on here. Imagine not liking Formula One. That was fantastic. I, I, I don't care who you were rooting for. There was something for everybody in that race. Uh, unfortunate first lap incident, uh, very happy that, uh, Zhou Guan Yu has, uh, even taken to Twitter himself to let everybody know he's okay. Um, and mad respect for George Russell for his response on that. Uh, I, I know there's going to be some criticism for the marshals for, uh, putting his car on the tilt bed, but, uh, the marshals are going to do what they're going to do, and uh, they have no idea of intent or anything. Uh, well, if there was any intent for him to at least to uh, try and limp back to the pits, but uh, um, still, you, you, you got to respect George Russell for his response, and uh, uh, and good on him for that. Um, and just think back after Azerbaijan. There were people questioning whether Carlos Sainz belonged, whether he needed to start fearing for his uh, seat with Ferrari. And all he's done since then, finished second in Canada and got his first win here in uh, at Silverstone. And uh, the, the, the crazy thing about that, and, and I'm going to stick to this, uh, and I could very well be proven wrong, and I'll, I'll, I'll acknowledge if I'm proven wrong, but... This is the kind of thing where once you you uh, you crack the code and you get that first win, they could start coming in bunches for Carlos Sainz. He he's got that kind of ability, and uh, I, I would like to see a uh, uh, start of a, a good series of uh, finishes, including a few more wins for him as a result of this. Thank you so much, um, Peter. Thank you. Um, can we have a? Oh, I don't see him anymore. Um, please, uh, Ibafo, Ibafo Picasso, please. I'm so I'm sorry, but your name is a bit funny. But um, yeah. So um, we have um, guys, please raise up your hand because um, I don't see them anymore. But, so we have Ibafo Picasso, Yemi, then I guess Abasi Ekeme, and then Adibayo. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm. Demola then Adibayo, please, in that order. Thank you very much. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Thank you. Okay, yeah. So, what I'll just say is that, like, amazing race 
today was absolutely like crazy. So much action, so many events. And then like, again, the safety car is like making the race this interesting. It was actually, uh, I don't know why, but can you still hear me? Yeah, yeah, we can hear you. Ah, okay. So yeah, the race was amazing, to be honest. I think the main takeaway from the race is, what's their name, Ferrari. They are having a whole lot of like team issues, strategy-wise, driver management-wise. Okay, I don't know. I keep on getting muted. But yeah, it's like Ferrari has not been here before and like they're not starting to show themselves that like they're actually inexperienced in dealing with, okay, so this driver has a championship lead. He should be the one that like reinverts and all of that. Let's him like, Ah, weird. Okay. What, what's happening? Okay, can you still hear me? Because I don't know. I keep getting muted for some um, reason. Um, Imade, is it okay on your end? Yes, it's okay on my end. I don't know what's going on. Okay, and I guess it's okay for Bolaji as well. Okay, all right then. Um, sorry, sorry about that. Please just go ahead. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Ferrari is showing their inexperience today, right now. So, I don't know how what you have to do, what they have to sort out, but like next week, they just need to sort out like who is actually the main driver. But I still maintain the position that like if Leclerc did not suffer any damage today, he could have actually been competitive today. I don't think he would have been like as bad as he was currently, but because of the front wing damage, as minor as it was, was actually a pretty big deal to his race, and I think that messed him up in a big way. But yeah, big ups to Carlos Sainz. I've always been a Carlos Sainz believer and they're like he has finally won his first race and he has he's starting to prove his doubters wrong. And I hope maybe in the next race, the Austrian GP, he can do something pretty big, but that'll be doubtful because Max Max Verstappen will be back. Because like I think this race would have actually been a boring race if Max did not have any issues. Because like Max was literally dropping everybody initially. He already passed signs at the initial starts of the race and then like second starts was already doing massive things. I think without just Max only, but because Max had the issues with his car, that's why Max was way back another way able to have something like this competitive and interesting. And then Lewis Hamilton, I mean mega drive from Lewis today. I did not even expect anything like that from him. He came, he led the race for a bit, but then entire pits, all of that, then the safety car. I think, like, nobody expected Perez to be where he was because, like, Perez was 15th when Max was having issues and then nobody could think that Perez would come up and be P4 and then the safety car would happen at that point in time and then Perez would be able to, like, get past all of them to get into second. That was absolutely wild. And, like, Perez got P2, even though he got P2 by forcing a driver off the track but, you know, it's Red Bull, so they can't do that. Nobody else can do that. But, yeah, congratulations to everybody, and I'm looking forward to the next race. Thank you. Um, guys, uh, please, I see so many hands up. So, um, please, if you can, just keep it within this three minutes limit. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, so... God, my brain. Please, if I, if, if, if you were after... Um, Yes, please yeah, carry on. Carry Thank on. you. Thank okay. You. Uh-huh. Good. First, um, I'm happy that Zoe is okay. I think that has to be said. 
you know, the old Grand Prix could have taken a, a different mood or something happened to the guy. So happy for him. Um, second, congratulations to Carlos Sainz. That was a very, very good, uh, good win. He got the pole, right? I mean, even though he wasn't on the pace, but then when, you know, safety car happened and the opportunity presented itself, you know, when the team asked him to, you know, when Ferrari were doing rubbish, because I don't understand how you, you give one driver advantage, you now tell, I mean, like, with Hamilton behind you, it makes no sense. But thankfully, Sainz was wiser than the people in the strategy team, and, you know, he did what he had to do. I wonder if so good for him. And, you know, congrats to Hamilton. You know, people are were, people were shouting from the beginning of the season. People were saying, oh, failed concept, this, that. And I'm like, guys, calm down. Let's be patient. These guys are going to fix this, right? Remember when the cost error environment, cost error, there's different wind tunnel restrictions. So it's not, it's not as easy to do these things as before. Again, and now we can see. There was something fastest lab, field concept, quote and unquote. Some people were peddling that that agenda here, you know. And quote and unquote, the field concept, you know, was would have won the race effectively not for the safety car. I believe Hamilton would have at least gotten paid through. But you know what is what it is. The most important thing is the car is quick. The concept is quick. The concept that people are calling field is not really field. You know, people were here yesterday saying, "Oh, Max will win." I was like, "Are these people jokers?" But you know, it's Red Bull fans, so sometimes you can you can they, they say all sorts of things, and but it's okay. P3, um, you know, look at Max look, slugging in the mud with Mick um, Schumacher. Guy, you are supposed to be protecting, you know, your your small two points or three points. You want to take another driver out. It doesn't make sense to me. But, I, I mean, it's what it is. It comes to be expected from the guy, you know. Uh, but anyways, but anyways, good luck to, uh, um, congrats to Perez. You know, he took advantage of a very, very um, fortunate situation, you know. And, uh, yeah, uh, but, yeah, you know, uh, my biggest happiness is that, you know, uh, Hamilton is Hamilton and Mercedes are back. Shame that Russell couldn't show the pace. I feel like if Russell was in the game, you know, in the equation, we could have we could have added an extra variable and it would have made it a bit more difficult for you know Red Bull and Ferrari to you know implement their strategy. But it's, it is what it is. On to Austria. Hopefully, let's replicate this. Remember, this this um, race is the first upgrade for performance that Mercedes has. But everything up until now was an upgrade or update to fix the bouncing. They fixed it. Now this is the first update for performance. So these Mercedes are now just coming in. This is where Red Bull were in Bahrain, second test. That's where Mercedes is now today. So let's see how it pans out. I think, you know, this is a good place. We can expect to fight for podiums and for wins going forward. Uh, thank you. Are you the mark? Thank you very much, Yemi. I think you said a lot in uh, quite a short time. Um, I know, okay, Imadi, Please uh, respond. Yeah. So, Yemi, I I don't know how else I ha- I would have to repeat this for you to understand. And sorry, I don't. I'm not trying to insult you, but I don't know. Maybe I have to slash your head and put it inside before. But just jokes apart. Um. Personally, I said I didn't say the failed concept for something to have failed. That means we should have come to the end of the season. So I never said it was a failed concept. I said it was a fundamentally flawed concept. And I secondly, I also said that something that I, that I think is fundamentally flawed can be work done. I repeated that, I think, the last couple of times. I think I still haven't said it yesterday. But how difficult that is for you to understand is still what I don't still get up till tomorrow. Then... <clears throat> Since April, I've also been championing the cause that Mercedes is going to fix their car by Silverstone. Even if you check my interactions with Bolaji, with 
um, at the bio and lots of people, I have been saying that. And the fact that something is filled, and I'm going to repeat it once again, because I know tomorrow you're still going to say, oh, those that are championing failed concepts. The fact that something is considered flawed does not mean it cannot be worked on, does not mean it cannot be optimized. It is engineering, it is mechanics. You can work on this thing. This is simple English I have been speaking for months. So all I just want to say is, I personally, yesterday, you can go to the recorded space of yesterday, can't be so far, that far down to find. I still said it that we're going to see that Mercedes is very, very, very close. So let's even say for the sake of your own argument, I have been saying failed concept. Would I have said failed concepts for months and now be championing Mercedes to be closed yesterday evening out of them when we had our space? So I think when we're saying all these things, we should put it, we should put it into context. Yeah, thank you. I'd be, let me just quickly reply, please, admin. You know, see, I like all these kind of things. This is very revisionist, right? Remember, we have admin, this uh, podcast are recorded now, it's on Spotify, right? So we can go and check. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. It's very convenient. It's so I'm convenient not, for you to say, I'm "Oh, not, you know, I've changed my out. The um, the 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 uh, concept is going to be improved." I we are we are all in this space. It's the beginning of the year. They were the people are calling for. They were calling for Mercedes to abandon it mid-season, including you. Now it's so convenient to say, "Oh, eh, they can improve." Of course, I mean, but I'm not surprised. You're a Red Bull fan. You support Max Verstappen, so it's to be expected. All this revisionist movement, but it's okay. It's okay. Either way, I will move forward from here. After today, now that I have come, I have admitted that you know the concept has not failed. I will move on. I'll move on. Going forward, we can both agree that the concept is not there's nothing fundamentally wrong with it. They just needed time to develop it to a point where it was good. Do you understand? And now they are getting there, they are getting there. But you know, I will move on if you agree to let the whole fundamentally flawed failed thing go. We'll move on from next week. I will stop calling you out on, you know, being knee-jerky and being so quick to call out engineers that have engineered eight world championships, you know, are calling their concept fail. It's very important because um, context is everything. You understand? So I'll move on. But let's not be revisionist. It's not good. You understand? Thank you. Yemi, 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 Yemi. My guy, please chill. Yemi, I literally just spoke English a couple of few, couple of minutes ago. I was not speaking French, Russian, or any other foreign language to you. I spoke English. And I said, I didn't call this thing a failed concept. I called it a fundamentally flawed concept. It doesn't mean I would be, I must be right. But the fact that, the fact that you still don't think that this is race eight or race nine, if I'm right, this is over one third of the season in, and they are just fixing something. I don't get how else you want do you think okay? Do you think Lewis can still win the championship this season? Like, I don't understand this thing. I literally said then, and you said you can be recorded, these things are being recorded and can be listened to. You can play back. Please, if there's any particular one where I said, Oh, it's failed, it can't be worked on, they should ditch it, and that kind of a thing. If there's anyone, please record it, point my attention to it, and tag everyone. Let them actually hear me say that. I said this thing was fundamentally flawed, and I also said it could be worked on. And I said that was Mercedes planned to be finishing 30 to 40, 40 seconds behind um, Red Bull and Ferrari? Those were the things I said. Yes, we know we joke about all these things, we cook and all that kind of a thing. But what I would not permit or what I would not like is something I said and I'm being lied against. No, I would not permit that. 
Thank you. Okay, okay. Thank you for the clarification, my co-host. Uh, Demala, please go ahead. Thank you for waiting. Demala. Sorry, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, please. All right. So this is the first uh, time I'll be speaking on this space. I usually just prefer to. I usually just prefer to uh, observe and listen and learn. But this was quite a very interesting race. I I really enjoyed myself. I mean, I've been following Formula One for about three seasons now, and uh, this is the first time that I feel like yes, I need to speak on this space. <laughs> so of course, um, I missed a bit of that of the from um, from the second the second restart. I missed it. So. Uh, first, uh, first of all, um, well, we thank God that uh, Joe is safe, and uh, because that crash was, I was, I, I kept screaming on the top of my lungs, like it was. But we thank God at least it's safe. Then, um, then the grid just rearranged in a very weird way, and uh, but we thank God, we thank God, very interesting race. And um, as a as a Mercedes fan, I'm very happy. Lewis P3, although I was still thinking there will be some sort of time penalty for Perez, but. Uh, they said no investigation, so we move on. So uh, yeah, I just I'm just very happy. My my blood is still pumping from from all the excitement of that race. But uh, thank you for allowing me to speak at least at uh, least until next time. Thank you very much, uh, Demala. Thank you so much. Uh, Adebayo, please. So I'm sorry, Adebayo. Just quickly, just before you go ahead. So the queue now is um Adebayo. Um, Abbasi Ekeme, then um, Shegun, Salim, and Quick Silver, then Papi in that order. Thank you very much, guys, for waiting. And um, and um, Bruno, yeah, sorry. Bruno. Sorry, sorry, guys, thank you all for waiting. Um, Adibaya, please go ahead. Initially, you mentioned Abbasi before my name, so I don't know whether I should go first. Oh, 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 sorry. Sorry, yeah. there's so much going on. Okay, Abbasi, please go ahead. Um, Adibaya, thank you for that. Yeah, good evening, everyone. Uh, fantastic race, as everyone has said. Show you the, the final two laps after the restart. Mega stuff there. And uh, I mean, I think it's safe to say everyone is happy for Carlos. I mean, 150th starts, first win. And nobody here is had, had quite a decent career. Not every Decent driver gets a race win. So it's something he's checked off. And I think, uh, as Peter mentioned earlier, this might just, I mean, usually we we see that a lot when someone has you know, a good result and we say, you know, this might just turn the tide for them. And, well, maybe, you know, he's in a great car. Charles has had a terrible run of form in the past three, four races. So maybe. Just on this, the aspect of momentum and the morale, maybe science has the edge now, and that might just you know do something for him going into the next, I think, three races before the break. And uh, Ferrari, I, I don't, I don't know. You know when when we see other teams give team orders, you know, usually Mercedes and Red Bull, there's usually a lot said. But I think today shows the need for they are not always right, you know, the team, as we saw at the end, you know, signed, you know, to the look of everybody, made the better decision to go against their order. But earlier in the race, they were, I think they were 
point where they could have stamped their feet down, you know, to give out some orders that would have helped maximize the race for the entire team, not just an, in, an individual. But that wasn't done. But at the end of the day, it's um, a race win for signs. And a couple points, you know, cut off in, in the... And a couple points cut off in the deficit to um, Red Bull in the Constructors' Championship. But as a Red Bull fan, I mean, I mean, coming into the race, I mean, I want Max to win every race. But I mean, at the end of this, I'm not even like sad about how the race went. You know, it's like damage control. It's like best we could have got after everything went. Max only lost um, six points to Charles, which could have been really worse and Red Bull didn't lose a lot of points to Ferrari in terms of the Constructors' Championship so that's good on that end Mercedes good progress I don't think they're where they want to be now they look like the P3, P4 car in terms of like driver positions but I think of course they they still aim for better improvement you know fight for pool positions and fight for P1, P2 but a good step up for them and super mega drive for Alonso, really love that. And it's great to see Shimaka in the points. So that's uh, all from me. Thank you very much. Uh, Adebayo, please. Uh, so, <laughs> my current DP is actually the way I feel right now with how Ferrari handled, um, handled the whole um, issue between Charles and Carlos. So, I think for me, right, I think going into this race, they wanted Carlos to win, which seems good in terms of future performances, right? You need your second driver to get his first race to win and the rest, right? But um, what I have issues with is um, you wanted both of them to race each other and you had to, like, made one an handicap when safety car came out, right? I feel they should have double-stacked both, both drivers, right, at that particular point because I was clearly on Charles on board and he clearly asked Xavier whether he should enter the pit because he slowed down when the safety car, when Xavier told him about the safety car, he slowed down. And Xavier asked him to stay out, right? And immediately, surprisingly, I saw Carlos Sainz entry the pit. <laughs> then I'm like, ah, it's over, right? But, but again, happy that Carlos got the whole race to win because I think Ferrari as well, they need, they need both drivers to be highly motivated. But again, today's an, today is one of those days that... I would have to aggressively push my agenda that Mercedes should please save Charles Leclerc from the shackles of Scuderia Ferrari because it seems like it seems like they really can't be there really can't be any good thing coming out from them at this particular time point in time right because come to look at it today was the very best time that at least they could have gotten like eighteen points off. Um, of uh, Max Verstappen's lead, right, for Charles, right, and they feel to with their own cause. But again, you can't be annoyed that Carlos won, right, um, because um, he, he has been solid. I think after Max Verstappen this weekend, Carlos has been the second most solid driver throughout the sections, right, and probably if whatever happened to Max didn't happen, right, probably would have finished P2, right, on a normal level, right, but again, Happy that Carlos won. Happy that um, Luis got into the podium. But again, right, I really, I really still don't think that Mercedes is there yet, right? Because 
um, if you compare the if you compare the pace between um, Ferrari on hard tires to Lewis on soft tires, it took like two laps for Lewis to finally like get rid of Charles Leclerc on hard tires, and um, when when he got rid of him, you could see the space the pace between um, um, Lewis and um, I think Checo was still like three seconds right. To me, I really I'm I'm waiting for the official data that would we'll definitely analyze and see. But I really don't still think that uh, Mercedes are there yet. But again, um, I think I will agree with what Yemi said. Probably they will be bringing in upgrade. But don't let us forget the fact that um, there's also the French and um, French GP concept that all the teams have to enforce. There is the budget cap that all the teams have to enforce, right? And you can't really compare a team. You can't really compare a team that just probably got there concept right after 10 races to a team that got their concept right from race one have already planned all their um, upgrade that I'm, I'm saying about red bull and ferrari but again right let's see how things go happy that carlos won but i just felt even if carlos had won charles could have gotten p2 easily if if ferrari made the right call and they really actually wanted carlos to win <laughs> Thank you very much, um, Adebayo. I believe the next person is Shegun. Shegun, thank you for waiting. Um, thank you so much. But I guess you you just go after um, Shegun, please. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This is the first time I'll be joining this space. Um, but I've been following the account for some time now. But yeah, it's really a very exciting thing to join the community of F1 lovers here in Nigeria. Um, so I'm going to keep this really short. Um, as a Mercedes fan, I am so re- I'm so happy with the results today, but um, very unfortunate that um, Russell could not, I mean, join the party. It would have been a very very exciting race, and probably would have gotten like um, a holistic view of what the upgrades are doing, how it's performing, but then hopefully in recent, in, in races to come, we'll have some better results. But then um, about Perez, um, I think he has proven over time, and then he keeps proving time after time that he's the perfect number two driver for Red Bull. He's doing really, really great. Um, I think the last time I saw him do some, make some kind of moves like this was was in Abu Dhabi in 2021, where he defended um, Lewis to make Max close the gap. And yes, and something I want to say is, um, um, I think Ferrari, they need to um, come up with, um, uh, they need to select the clear favorites for um, their driver's championship, because it's pretty obvious that Verstappen is the number one um, driver Red Bull is rooting for. I think there was I've forgotten which race they 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 clearly told um, um, Perez not to fight Verstappen and not hold him up. Um, if the second um, safety car had not gone up, if if there had not been something like that, it would have been very worse for Ferrari because um, Hamilton was probably going to be in the mix and was actually going to make some kind of moves that um, they will regret not pitting. Um, um, not swapping the drivers around earlier. But yeah, um, then um, Sainz, I think he needs to work on himself. He caves under pressure. I don't know if he's afraid of Max Verstappen because 
every time it's uh, Max, uh, it's signs versus Verstappen. Uh, Verstappen always come ahead. Um, and there was a time he kept saying on the radio because I was following his on board. He was saying uh, uh, Verstappen is faster and stuff. I mean, you wouldn't give um, Leclerc say things like that. Leclerc will just stick his elbows out and man, he's just going to drive like someone who is trying to contest for the real drivers' championship. But yeah, um, and Mr. Max, I think that guy should really, really calm down. He's leading the park already. He's he, I mean, it's it's like there is no serious competition for him um, at the moment. Then I went to watch the battle with him and Nick Schumacher at the end. It, it's it's pointless. It's unnecessary. He pushed that guy out of the track. I mean, that guy is 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 uh, is not as experienced as he is. He should show some level of maturity. And then, I mean, hopefully we are we are going to have um, an exciting. Um, race to the end of the season. Thank you so much, guys. It's... Thank you very yeah. much, Mr. Shagun. Um, I guess my co-host wants to say something. Yeah, uh, so real quick, thanks. I wanted to just uh, respond to Bayo. So they did not let signs win. Signs had to fight for his victory. He actually had to fight for his life. And he went against his team because they were really about to tell him to stick to 10 car, car lengths behind uh, Leclerc to hold up Hamilton, even though he clearly had, you know, faster tyres, newer tyres. So this was all signs. No one wanted him to win. It was clear that they were happy with the way things were running. And he was like, sorry, guys, not today. Because if he didn't do that, my goodness. I mean, it would have been probably Ferrari 3-4 and not... For everyone, for so I just had to say that that they didn't let science win. Science fought for his win today. Thank you, thank you, um, Bolaji. Um, I think I'll have to agree with you, you know. But um, yeah, let's hear what the rest of um the room has to say. Um, Salim, please. Um, thank you very much, man. Uh, I think I have to start by, uh, well, we, we have to be very thankful for the Chinese driver. That was a very nasty accident. He, he made it out, uh, well, unhinged. No injuries. Um, yeah, like on the issue of uh, Mercedes, uh, all the argument going on, uh, Imadi, Yemi, uh, yeah, Yemi called it, I think, like uh, during the arguments we've been having. He said uh, Mercedes, like he was, they were like going to be the top contenders to win Silverstone. And yeah, he he, he was right. I, I was skeptical, actually. I was very skeptical. But apparently they've been able to fix their problems. And uh, well, I just hope we're able to maintain or improve this performance in the in the coming races. But uh, for today's race, I should be happy, but honestly, I'm not. Because I know that for a fact, on raw pace, Hamilton could have won that race. Yeah. And um, what else? Yeah, Ferrari. The, the, the <laughs> yeah, congratulations to Sainz, uh, his first victory in Formula One. Uh, so many people were having doubts about his competence, his ability to go wheel-to-wheel racing. I think the, the, the host has been 
clamping on signs for, for a number of uh, races. But finally, uh, all things given, he has finally done it. So congratulations to him. But like one thing I noticed is uh, if, for instance, the the um, Mercedes uh, the Mercedes strategy team, if they were really going to like Hamilton was pumping fast laps after fast laps after fast laps until the tires started to the hard tire, no the medium tires decided to go off. Why wouldn't they just bring him in? Because he could have really won on like raw pace and uh he he might have had maybe a better chance to win but well it is what it is thank you very much thank you engineer engineer salim thank you so much um much appreciated i believe we have um silver so silver then um bruno please in that order so silver bruno then um then pearls yeah, thank you. Because they have so sorry, not pearls. Sorry, not pearls yet. Sorry. Silver, um silver Bruno for now. Sorry, I'll repeat the other after this. So thank you. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Um, to be honest, like this is this is the most excited I've been all season for crying out loud. Like up till now, my heart is still racing, to be honest, since lap twenty-five. Like it's it was just pure madness you know in a good way but to start with you know i i'm glad that um joe is actually all right because that accident you know without the halo you know i could have been saying something else you know but we thank god that he's fine then signs you know i'm, I'm really really happy for signs that he he's got his first win in the f1 you know after 150 races you know it doesn't come easy you know and all that so kudos to him he really really tried you know and going against team others you know to get that win was quite good and all then um perez perez oh no no perez perez is a beast you know coming back from 15th you know to still make p2 man like after the race i'm like there's no way they won't give him like you know driver of the day you know because initially i was i was hoping it would be hamilton you know but I'll be honest, man. When you see someone who drives good, you need to give it to him. So Perez deserved the driver of the day, you know, and all that. At some point in the race, you know, I was I was really happy when um, Ferrari were having um, their uh, back and forth with Leclerc and Sainz. You know, I was like, well, the more they do that, the more it plays into the hands of Mercedes and Hamilton. You know, all I'm looking for is for Hamilton to win the British Grand Prix, you know, and, and for a better part of the race, you know, Sector after sector, you were seeing purple, purple, purple from Hamilton. I was like, my heart kept beating. I'm like, okay, we could do this, we could do this, we could do this. You know, the the, the upgrade today, you know, increased um, Mercedes' pace, you know, big time. You know, they were they were not really off the mark from the from the from Ferrari and Red Bull. You know, honestly, if Max was in the mix. Trust me, he will have. I think this race will have been like a, a forgotten race. It will have been like a one-horse race, you know. Because um, on the streets, Red Bull they are fucking fast. They have a rocket ship on the straight line, you know. That was why it wasn't easy for for Hamilton to defend Perez. You know, it's it's not. You you can't take it away from Red Bull. They have they have the car this season. You know, it will take a lot for um, Ferrari or even Mercedes to try and catch them at the moment. You know. Then as, at lap 33, I think before 
Lewis had his tire change, you know. I was hoping, because one of the commentators talked about, you know, if Hamilton could go like eight more laps, you know, and now put on the the softer uh, compound tires, you know, which will now take him to the end of the race. Whereas other people will have to maybe like pit like twice, you know, because he pushed that medium tires, you know, to the, to the limit a bit more than every other person, you know. And that's, that's the kind of thing you see from Hamilton. There's, he, he has a, a, a lot of... Um, he has the ability to manage his tires properly, you know. And then um, coming to um, Adebayo about what he said um, with the rules in France, you know, if if you've um, um, checked online recently, you find out that FIA found out that you know I think Red Bull and um, and uh, what's it called Red Bull and Ferrari um, have been using flexi uh, what's it called flexi floor, you know, which tends to make the car um, a little bit less stiff and gives it more downforce because of the fact that it's able to flex under um, these conditions, you know. We, whereas every other team has been using um, um, f- uh, a floor that is um, uh, uniform all through, you know, which is why they are trying. They are going to bring out um, that um, rule that is going to make everybody use the same floor dimensions, you know, as against what Red Bull and Ferrari allegedly mm. are using. Um, sorry, sorry um, Silva, please, if you can just wrap up a bit because of the number oh, of okay, people. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, well, like, as a Mercedes fan, I'm really, really, really happy at um, uh, uh, Lewis coming third and where Mercedes is are at the moment with their car and their performance, you know, by maybe two or three races, we might see them, you know, going for the first position and all yeah. Thank you very much. Um, can we have um Bruno, please? Thank you. Uh, good evening, everyone. Uh, I would like to mention the things that were mentioned uh, before. Uh, I'm happy about Carlos to getting his first victory after 150 races, and also, even though I'm not a Mercedes fan, seeing. Hamilton back on the podium is just, it just feels normal because podiums without Hamilton are just weird. I don't know why, but it just feels that way. But uh, I would like to talk about uh, the thing uh, someone said before that, uh, you know, when Red Bull is uh, closing the door for someone to overtake that he's, that when Red Bull squeezes someone, uh, there's no investigation in it, but you know, if you see, uh, like, if you look uh, on that uh, first restart on lap two, when Carlos completely squeezed uh, Max, there was no investigation as well. So I don't think so. It's like uh, just a one-way thing that, you know, you can be Red Bull and do whatever you want. It's just like it's part of the hard racing. And I think some people just don't realize that, you know, this is not all about just overtaking with DRS, but it's about hard and some sometimes unfair racing. So I think these things should be normal and there shouldn't be like this bad for other people because I think it's completely normal. If you look back to Senna Schumacher, they all just were, were so, so aggressive. And right now we are calling them the legends of Formula One. So I think it's completely normal. And uh, the next thing I just want to say very quickly is uh, I think Mercedes are getting there, but uh, on a pure pace, they are just not on the same level as Ferraris. 
Well, Silverstone was something else because Hamilton was catching up Carlos and Leclerc so quickly. But I think uh, they have uh, like a huge amount of work to do. But I think they will sort it out in, in, the, in the three rounds. I think we will see them fighting even for a win and not just for a podium. So that's, that's everything for me. So thank you. Thank you so much, um, Bruno. Also, thank you for waiting. Um, Papi, please. Thank you for waiting as well. Please go ahead. Um, hi, guys. Um, first of all, um, I'm actually, well, I'm happy for Zoe that he is fine. At the same time, I'm unhappy because I felt like he would have done very well today. Like, I felt it was his kind of race and he just keeps being unlucky and having DNFs, but... Yeah, it was uh, very exciting race. I I actually kept ignoring my wife at some point. The top four drivers, they actually did a madness on those final final laps, I think. And um, uh, I think Ferrari needs to be more ruthless with uh, their decision making. Because um, I think these these things stand out with um, Mercedes and Red Bull. Like you can't just keep going back and forth. Because I feel they could easily have gotten a one-two today. And I mean, going Charles going all the way back to P4 was just yeah. And uh, I think Checo is my driver of the day. From he was P16 at some point and. Coming all the way back to P2, if well, with the help of the safety car, but still, I think it was uh, a great drive from him. Yesterday, I said um, I was expecting Mercedes to get a P4 or something, but seeing Hamilton, Claire Charles on raw pace and not, and how far he kept going with the car, telling them the tire is okay, it just like it felt great seeing Hamilton back on the podium, especially at uh, Silverstone. I think I think they have a car now that even Russell would be more comfortable with. And yeah, if not for what happened to him, and yeah, I think going forward, Mercedes will be a bit more competitive. Definitely not where they want to be, but yeah. And uh, I heard someone say something about Max uh, driving against uh, Mick, say something like he shouldn't, he should have let him pass or something. Uh, I don't think you understand that. Like every point counts, and you can't ask a driver fighting for the championship not to defend a point. There were like several points of the track Mick could have overtaken him, but. If he's closing the door on tight corners, then don't take tight corners. Uh, yeah, I'll use the mic. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Papi. Um, um, Adebayo, I'll come to you. You are meant to be next, but um, let's hear Pels. He hasn't um, spoken. So um, please go ahead. So Pels, Adebayo, uh, Yemi... Um, <laughs> um, um, this guy fundamentally, fundamentally, oh, flood. 
<laughs> you know, you know yourself. So um, you are after you are after um, Yemi, please. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, please go ahead. Um, then uh, after fundamentally for Adeni, please. Um, um, Pels, please go ahead. Thank you. Yeah. Um. Good evening, guys. Um. Really glad. Um. F1 Nigeria is um is holding a space concerning F1 in um, Nigeria. I mean, it's it's really doing a great job. It's straight on everything. So, um, good work, F1 Nigeria. And today's race was incredible. Like um, it was one of one of the best so far. I mean, and seeing Lewis not hang on to, um, you know. The top of them, the um, FM to the top of the race was was hurtful, but then the the they had the uh, they had a bit of mix up when he came in to change his tires and and um, yeah, but then like it was good seeing the upgrade again coming and it was good seeing that Mercedes could really catch up with the two Ferrari even when they were leading the race, so I think Mercedes still. They still have like a lot to do, and I I still see us, you know, in in I see us at the top somewhere this season, and yeah, um, also Max Max Verstappen has to stop nagging anytime he's not in top five of of the race because he, he really nags a lot, and that's why like I always prefer Sergio Perez to Max Verstappen, yeah. And I'm really, really happy for Carlos Sainz today on winning his first Grand Prix after 15 um, years. Yeah, so that's that's all I have to say. Yeah, we have to like look forward to um, the next race. So thank you, guys. Thank you very much, um, Pels. Thank you for your kind words. Um... Yemi, please. I'm sorry, not Yemi. Adebayo. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I just wanted to like respond to what Bolaji said, right? So this 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 is my thought process, right? Right. You can't use like a wrong call to correct a wrong call, right? So what I, what what that means is that what Ferrari told Carlos Sainz that was on the soft new soft tires versus Charles that was on a 15 lap hard tire was completely wrong, right? Which, even me myself in my room, when I had that call, I was screaming that that was a completely wrong move, right? Because you've already made a bad call, right? You can't use that to correct it. And what I've also seen as regards the fact that the, it seems like they favored Carlos in this race, it was clear, man. You could see that um, even with even with um, a five-point damage error car, right, Charles was still way fast, was still quite faster than Carlos, right? And even when they allowed him to pass Carlos, right, he was able to like create like a massive three seconds gap to Carlos, right? What I was saying was that they should have double stacked both drivers. I was on Charles on board, right? Charles literally slowed down when they told him safety car. He slowed down at the entry of the pit lane and asked Xavi. That she do pit. The guy told him to stay out. Now he could go back and listen to the onboard, right? He literally told the guy to stay out, right? But again, you can never use that stupid call, right? That you made a call 
to now cor- correct the fact that come on, you you they would have literally like lost the three four right. And in my own opinion, I feel right if you reverse the team to Red Bull in that particular scenario, they will have gotten their one two right easily. Right at that particular point, you double stack both drivers to soft tires, which they should have done, but they didn't do that. That's the whole top um, thought process. Can I ask you a question, please? Go on. Have you by any chance considered being a risk strategist? I don't know. It's, I, I don't know, but all, what, all what I know is that. Today's strategy call from Ferrari was horrible, right? The team calling in itself was horrible. The sh- double stack was would have worked. Charles was six seconds ahead. Come on now. Anyways, thank you very much. And um, yeah, okay. So moving on, we have um, yeah, me. Thank you, Adibayo, for that. Yeah, me. Please go ahead. All right. Uh, I just want to talk about two two things, right? Um, and I mean, you just you know be patient with me. Number one, right? I, I it goes back to the quote unquote. You know, we've left uh, field concept now. It's we're calling it fundamentally flawed concept. Um, quote unquote, right? I would like us to at some point just discuss if you have the time. Discuss how it, it came out this weekend that apparently some teams, I won't mention names. Where you know have been found based after the FIA's investigation from the uh, fallout of the Baku Grand Prix, they've been found to you know have been exploiting the floor rules, right? Uh, with the plank with, with the plank being bending at some point. So what was happening is that some teams have been bending the, or have, have kind of flexed their floors to such an extent that it creates more downforce, and which means that you know the the plank wear, which is supposed to be maximum two millimeters. Some guys are wearing their foes as, 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 by as much as six millimeters, right? I won't mention names, but you know you can probably guess who they are, right? And those are the guys are also fighting this FIA, um, FIA's um, directive to change stuff. So it's interesting to see how the how everything swaps um, after the French or at the French GP and beyond when this happens, right? But I find it, I just find it very funny that you know some people are out here, you know, criticizing Mercedes for being bold with their concepts while the teams that you know they are supporting. You know, out out there cheating, right? That's number one. Number two, um, you know, I want to also, you know, just just uh, big up Leclerc, right? You know, I'm a big fan of the guy. I've I've, been, I, I, I've I've said it here, and I will stand by what I said back in the past that you know, this guy is, in my opinion, far ahead of Max in terms of just you know speed. I mean, we can see this year the guy is decking in terms of qualifying, right? He's on top of, of the of his game. You know, Max is nowhere near his speed in, in, in the quality, right? And in the race, there's been up, situations where, you know, he's been leading and he has to retire. So I can't blame him for that, right? He got put it in, he was leading the race, he would have won. And then Ferrari, you know, messed up, right? Even in the races where Red Bull won this year, they, they retired from second. So you can't even, you can't even argue that, okay, maybe Red Bull were in the, were, 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 you know, were, were in the lead when he retired. So I just want to big up Leclerc. And I, I mean, I think that just even came, I'm, just to emphasize that point, you see today when both Leclerc and Lewis, they both were able to take that, uh, that turn, uh, is it turn nine, turn nine corner, you know, cops, easy. You know, they both did it. You know, and even Lewis had come out and say, look, that was sensible driving. But last year when that happened, when I went one driver, a certain driver turned in on Lewis and you know, everybody was shouting, blah, blah, blah. 
you know, Honor came out and was inciting all sorts of bullshit on Lewis. We we not hear the word. Is it 53G? Is it 3G stock? I will never forget it's like that. That you know, somebody hit the wall at 53G. But at the end of the day, I just want to big up Leclerc, you know, just to say I think you know he's a fantastic driver. I know that Mercedes are probably too far off at this point. They will catch up at some point, but I mean catch up in the point, but it might be too late to champ uh, fight for a championship. But I just want to big up Leclerc, you know, just for being a fantastic racer level-headed guy, you know, and just being also a, a clean racer unlike um, some other drivers on the grid. You know, I just want to just put out. Thank you. Um, thank you very much, uh, Yemi. Uh, so if you are wondering, the teams that Yemi is talking about is obviously Red Bull and Ferrari. Um, I put up the article, or rather the latest article on that topic so if you if you want you can go ahead and then um read more into it if you are concerned um moving on we have uh, i believe it's fundamentally fundamentally um wrong than adeni so yes please yes i just want to reply something the last two um, speakers said first i'll just reply the bio first I think it is morally wrong to say that Ferrari wanted science to win. Because, I mean, Charles Leclerc had all the tools today to win, but then, like, he got his front wing damaged when he was fighting initially. And, yeah, since his front wing is damaged, it means, like, he can no longer get as much downforce as science anymore. So science will always be faster than him, like, no matter what. So, like, for you to now say that they should invert the cars, you'll be holding up signs behind Charles, who is in a slower car, and it wouldn't have made any sense. Even, like, up to the end that they told signs to give Charles a 10-car length gap so that Charles can zoom off, he would have still not done anything because he would have still caught up to him. And, again, something you said, Charles was able to get a three-second gap. A three-second gap is not really a major advantage considering the fact that, like, Lewis was also charging back and Lewis would have literally eaten that three-second gap out of nowhere and it wouldn't have even made any sense at all. So, like, today was just not the day for Charles. Charles is a good driver, no doubt. But then, like, his car had damage. There's no competing. He could have competed with science. I mean, science had it true and true today. From the moment he... Um, the second start, from the moment he was able to, like, get away from Max and, then, like, just move a bit... But Maxi ultimately came back, but then, like, from that moment on, like, you could just see that Science was, like, in the mood today. <laughs> but, yeah, so now, so now, reply Yemi also, the stuff you said about Max, I mean, we cannot forget that Max is literally a world driver champion. Like, he was fighting with Lewis last year, he was giving it to Lewis. I don't think there's anybody on the grid that can do that again. Like, apart from Max, like, literally, Max is on another level. Yes, we can see Charles is close to that level, but then, like, consider the fact that, like, Charles only has four race wins. Like, even with everything, he only has four race wins. Science has one. The difference between both of them is three races. Max has, like, I don't know, 26 or 20-something race wins. Like, that is a massive, massive amount of race wins. You can't say somebody like that is not, is, like, miles behind Charles Leclerc. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Max is absolutely clear of this guy. Like, from what we know now, he's clear. And if Max did not have any 
issues with his character, the estimating the fact that like it would have been a boring race totally. Because like Max would have etched out a total gap from everybody else. And then we'll just be seeing that like maybe LH is catching up from behind and then LH just finishes like maybe P3, P2. But then like Max would have etched out a massive gap from the onset if his card didn't have any damage. Like to be honest, it would have been no competition. And I feel like that's what we're going to actually see what come on the Austrian Grand Prix. You'd actually see Max come out full force unless he gets damaged again. Because like you could actually see with Perez. Perez used that same car to come from P15 and finish P2. Now imagine that same car with Max Verstappen that is faster than Perez and better than Perez. You you like you can't even imagine what would have happened today. So you can't just say that like Max is trash. Like, nah. Doesn't work like that, but yeah. Thank you very much. Fundamentally, can I can I quickly respond? Just that, I think. Okay. All right. So I mean, I I, I will stand by what I say, man. I think Leclerc is a far better driver, and you know, people like to drop this race win argument, and you know, it's and and it's it's very. So I'm gonna drop it. They drop it devoid of con of context. Matt has been a race winning car for majority of his of his career, right? He spent one. One year and a, one and a half year in Antoroso, and he was promoted to the Red Bull. And he's been a race maker for majority of, of what he's done. So clearly, you know, he's, he's a, this guy is a great talent, no doubt, right? And obviously, you know, the wins and, you know, all those things, the results are reflective of that time he has spent, right? I am telling you guys, you know, I don't know, I don't understand. I guess, you know, people are drinking the Kool Aid, right? But I'm telling you now, and I will stand by it, and posterity will judge me. We'll, yeah, we'll, 30 we'll, seconds, please. 30 seconds, please. Yeah, no, will we'll, we'll judge me, right? Uh, Leclerc is a better driver than Max. You will see, don't worry, but don't judge. Waste me because Leclerc hasn't been in, in the car. You know, he's only had, you know, a couple of, of races this season. He has, he has been on pole. If he had the two races retired, he would have, he would have how many race wins already, and you take, take two from Max. So let's, let's, let's. Put, let's add context to it, right? I will stand by it now and anytime in future. Leclerc is a better driver. It's as simple as that. But it's okay. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. Thank you. Sorry, can I just say one last thing? Um, so, yeah, like, 15 seconds. Yeah, sure. So if you're saying that Max has been in a race-winning car all his life, all of that, Lewis has been in a great race-winning car, Valtteri Bottas has been in a race-winning car, Nico Rosberg has been in a race-winning car, and Lewis Hamilton was able to prove that this is not just the car. It's the same way Max is proving it is not just the car. He's literally booing Perez. Max literally forced Daniel Ricciardo out of his own team. It is not just the car. It is also the driver, too. Max Verstappen is a good driver. You have to admit that. And, like, we just have to give him more time for Charles to actually, like, show himself. But then, like, Charles is nowhere near Max yet. That's what I'm just trying to say. Thank you very much. Um, fundamentally wrong. Uh, Adebayo, please, we'll, we'll come to you. Um, Adeni has been waiting, so please let okay. him just um, speak. Thank you. Um, Adeni, please go ahead. So, um, guys, I think I'll just um, say the queue again because I see a lot of hands up. So it's Adeni, Yusuf, um, Silva, Magadalo. Ma sorry, sorry if I don't... You know, I've been raising my hand for quite a long time. Okay, oh, okay. Okay, please, okay have... please go ahead, madam. Sorry. No, 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 I didn't should. After when he's done, I'll, I'll All come. Right, then. Sorry about that. Thank you. Fine. I didn't please go ahead. 
Okay. Um, um, okay, please, do you want to go ahead now? All right, so good evening. Uh, sorry, sorry about Can that. Can you hear me? Okay, I didn't hear. Go ahead. Can you hear me? Yes, please. Okay. Um. So first, I would like to congratulate uh, Carlos again. Like everyone, most people have already. And uh, yeah, his first poll and his first win. So I would even quickly like to uh, counter. I don't know who said it, but. Okay, I think um, Adeni is no longer here. Um, Madeline, do you want to go ahead now, please? Sorry for keeping you waiting. Please go ahead. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Um, this is my first um, time speaking on any space, actually. I was going to actually come up um, yesterday after OC, but I was in a very um, noisy place. So I couldn't join. So basically, today's race, I saw that crash. That crash was intense. That crash was intense. 51G was nowhere close to, in my opinion, no. 51G is nowhere close to what I saw today. And thank God um, the driver is okay. And um, I also want to commend George for what he did. Imagine if George was in the race today, the heat he would have brought. Is that is it, are you guys hearing me? Yes, we can. Yes, clearly. Please okay. go ahead. Okay, the heat he would have brought to that brouhaha that happened today. It's have been really intense. Um also, um I'm a Mercedes fan. I don't know if I said that earlier. Um also um Quicksilver, I think it's Quicksilver and Yemi also brought up the issue of that floor. Um, um teams tampering with their floor to create more downforce. So I really I really want to hear more opinions about it. Like if the FIA restricts um what they can do with their floor or if they put up like a, a uniform metric for their floor. What do you think will happen? Like, is Mercedes going to be the fastest legal car? Like, I'm just, I don't know. This season has been just stupid for me. Like, I started for, um, watching um, F1 2019, but seriously, 2020. And this season is not just... Uh, so I'm just, I don't know. I know we can't win the WDC. Maybe WCC, I'm not sure, but I'm just hoping that maybe by the French Jeep um, Grand Prix, it will the the difference, the pace difference will be much much more reduced. And also, um, there's something I wanted to bring up again. Sorry, this issue of booing. I don't know. I also want to hear your opinion about it because the way. Last year, it was intense for Lewis. I don't know why this year, these people are making it seem as if um, this is like the only time I'm really hearing people booing Max. And this is sports for crying out loud. Why are, you, why are you people taking it out of complaining? Why are you people taking it out of making it, some, making it unnecessarily a thing? 
I just feel it's not it's it's sports. Football is is worse. So I just feel it shouldn't be a thing. That's all. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um. Okay. I think um uh, I'll answer somehow. I'll say okay. Um. Maybe someone else will answer your question. But um, I think on booing, um, I think if you, I don't know if you watch football, but when it comes to fans and spectators, especially the British um fans, they are a different breed, you know. So they they boo who they don't like, basically, you know, re- regardless of the situation. So I guess um, whatever Max got, um, we'll see what happens in Austria and um I get, Yes, I get it. But my own issue is that in 2021, eh, it was nasty for Lewis. It was really nasty. you know how many circuits that happened for Lewis? Like, it's as if everybody's brain has just, they've just erased everybody's memory. Last year was just yesterday. Like, when was it? And everybody's... Raising shoulder, of which a lot of uh, Meg fans were actually complaining about it, but it wasn't taken so serious. Like all of a sudden, even media people are even bringing it up. Like, what is this? Just one circuit, and everybody is shaking. Well, um, I guess all this that's very um unfortunate to see. I don't think anyone wants to see a driver being um booed, you know, especially if the driver has not really done anything um wrong but you could uh kind of let's understand where those the the angle in which those fans were coming from i I guess we spoke about that yesterday i really don't want us to um go into that because it did bring some heat yesterday so i don't want that today please so um yeah so i I guess that's just unfortunate on the boon um i think uh, um, is it regarding the floor? Um, sorry, what was your question on the floor again, please? If you don't, no, I just wanted to hear opinions about the floor. Like, you know, the FIA said you're going to put okay. more restriction on the flexibility. Okay. Of okay. the floor and okay. Okay, okay. So that's fine. Um, I think we have um Yusuf next. So Yusuf, I don't know if you want to share your opinion as well as um go ahead and see what and. Share what you have to say, please. Thank you for waiting. Okay, hello. Good evening, everybody. Today's release was very interesting, like very, very exciting. Like someone said yesterday that um, he doesn't understand how we're all going to watch the same race. And at the end of the day, we're still going to come here and still be interpreting it in a different way. It's just so funny. And you, Mr. Yemi, I really don't know your obsession with Max, man. Boy, I hear you. I mean, you compare Max to Charles, but like you said, Charles, everybody has different opinion. And my own opinion, um, what I, I want to say something about the board. Like you said something about um, other team manipulating the law, something like that. Let's not forget that before the beginning of the season, FIA conduct every fucking test for to pass this cast. But there's always something called a loophole within a law. Like every team now has the ability to interpret it in in its own ways to make their car faster. And Messi also has also, has also been doing it. 
for years. So it does come to a point like last season, like especially between Mercedes and Red Bull, for example, like last season, both of them were not tackling each other a lot using that same law that, okay, this team is doing so-so-so thing. Like, okay, explain this law very well, restrict this so-so-so law. Like putting restriction on everything from pit stop strategy, like don't do this, don't do this. Like it, no, it, we can't really say that a team is violating the floorboard law. The only thing that has just happened is that because of the bouncing and proposing, like now they just they are trying to like okay, use the same rules that have been applied. Like, okay, how can we like use this rule to control this this stuff? So it's not as if a team has been violating any any law. And for me, I feel that the difference between Ferrari and Red Bull is just so clear this season. Like strategy-wise, Ferrari is really getting it wrong, and I don't know why. Because today, I expect. Ferrari should be racing with Max, not with Mercedes. Guys, Mercedes was chasing them. But if you look at the table, like Charles has a chance of closing the gap between him and Max. And giving, like, even got, someone said that, okay, that his front wheel was damaged and um, Saint might be faster. But when Charles actually passed him, he was faster than Saint. And during the, after the yellow stop, they could have fitted both of them and let's, like, just let them race and see who's going to. Faster and they, they just they to me I feel they put Charles at at, at a disadvantage and which is very bad and they've been doing it so far consistently and I think it's going to cost them the championship a lot. Unlike Red Bull, like Red Bull, I don't know maybe because the challenge Red Bull like they've won before and the last year challenge with Mercedes like their strategies are always on point and I just wish for once like I really hope for once they are really going to see like the six cars fighting without any DNA or damage because today was actually very 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 interesting like the last the last five laps seeing those battles like imagine if Russell was there imagine if Max was there like imagine if no damage like everybody at full capacity and as much as I hate to see it as a Red Bull fan I'm glad Mercedes actually like I I give respect to that team like from being back, like they've catch up to the top two teams, like respect to them. They're like respect is given to those who are deserved. And I feel Amotin and Mesdis, like no matter how much I seem to dislike them, like those guys just keep surprising me. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh you should sorry so clarify what um fan base are you under? Huh? What fan base? Red Bull, Red Bull. Okay, uh, very unfortunate for you, but congratulations that we <laughs> yeah. Um so uh we do have um uh, I don't know oh, Silva is not here anymore. Okay. Um Latif so Latif then Adebayo then um Abasia can be please in that order. Thank you very much. Good evening guys. Um so there's a lot to say, um, a whole lot, but we don't have much time. But let's just let's just see how it goes. Um, happy for Joe that Joe is fine. Congrats to Cheko. I mean, Cheko pulled a blind of a race from basically last to P2. It was a great drive. Congrats to Science. He converted um pole, his first pole to his first win. It's great. And the one thing that is very, very important for science is that um science has the mental capacity to not only race but to think of his strategy and think of what think of what works best for him. We saw it in Monaco when he overruled the team's decision to come in for another set of inters and said no, he was going straight to the dry. And then we saw it here when they were telling him to back up the park. He told them that no, that they shouldn't disturb him, that um, 
Lewis behind him is going to it's going to be too dangerous for him to back up the pack when he has clearly faster tires than Charles. So congrats to Sainz. Um, even if Ferrari want to Ferrari want to mod him, he has the mental capacity to know what's best for him. And then basically his strategies have been working fine for him. And um on the regulations, on what EME said regarding the regulation, regarding the flexing of the plank, again, um, is a plank we're talking about, like as in a piece of wood. And I said it earlier today that if fair, if allegedly what people are saying that Ferrari and Red Bull have been able to flex the plank by six millimeters, then I don't know. The engineers are effing brilliant because I'm, I'm still struggling. I'm not an engineer. I'm still struggling to see how that happened. But while we're talking about it, let's not um, get too excited. I mean, FIA can call it a whole lot of BS and um, would move on. Basically, um, last year we saw a battle between big battle between Red Bull and Ferrari off the track. Um, Red Bull protested, um, sorry, Mercedes protested Red Bull flexi wing, and they told them that they had to remove it by the French Grand Prix. Red Bull also went after Mercedes front wing. So there's a lot of gamesmanship going on. So people, I'm saying people should not get too excited. The French GP is almost here. Would um, would see how it happens. And um, finally, for Yemi and Ko, who, are say, who is saying... So one thing I have with Yemi is that Yemi ignores facts. He says, let's ignore race wins. How do you ignore race wins in F1? It's not race wins that give you championship and cool. He now focused on polls. He said, let's talk about polls. Yeah, polls, Max and Charles have the same number of polls. And you're saying Max is behind Charles. There's no metric in F1. I repeat, there's no metric currently in F1, which... Charles is ahead of Max. So that's just by the way. I mean, my own is if you want to raise agenda, if you want to cook agenda, I mean, go on, fine. You have the space, you can do anything. But if you cannot now say, you cannot now cook agenda and start bringing facts. Mm -hmm. If you're on facts, stay with facts. If you are cooking business agenda, stay with business agenda. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh... Also, Abdullah, so thank you for keeping it. Um, so rather summarizing it, you know, I know you had a lot. Um, Adebayo, please. Yeah, thank you. I think um, Yusuf made um, um, mention of some things I wanted to say, right? Um, I just wanted to correct what fundamental um, concept said, said, right? At no point before the safety car was Carlos faster than Charles. At no point, right? Um, how can I explain this to you? Yeah, you could say the medium tires probably um was it DRS, but when they changed to add tires, right? Before they swapped old drivers, Carlos was not even matching the times Lewis was setting, right? Carlos was not even close, and Charles was surpassing that lap time by two tenths. So they had no other point than to swap both drivers, right? What all, all what I'm just trying to say was that if they had double stack both drivers instead of keeping one person out right it would have been a different ball game it could have been a different ball game but you can't and i agree with what you should you should have said right you are not racing against mercedes right your race is against um red bull right and you should try to get maximum points right from that particular race that, that that's what i have issues if if charles had finished p2 there won't be any issue for to be analyzing anything about whether this or this or that, right? That race was locked down 
P1, P2 for Ferrari for their stupid cause, right? And again, I, I, I said earlier that you can't use a wrong call to justify a wrong call, right? That call that they made to Carlos to back up the pack was a totally wrong call, right? Even, even Charles would not agree to that. If Charles was a soft tyres P2, Carlos had tyres P1, no driver on earth would agree to that stupid call. That was a very stupid call from the team, right? You're, and I, I may agree with what Carlos did. Every driver in F1, except from probably Vitaly Bottas, would agree to such such call, right? I think it's only Bottas that can agree to such call in F1 that I know, right? But any serious driver that has raised wins or probably enough points in sight would never agree to such call, right? It was a stupid call by Ferrari, which they all knew that they made the wrong call, but you can't use that to now... I'm not taking the fact that Carlos... Carlos and won the race, right? Won the race, right? But at no point in that race before safety car was Carlos faster than Charles. You can go for the start. You can go for the lap times. Sorry, can I reply that? Uh, yeah, okay. Go ahead, please. Yeah, I know you would say that, um, what's his name? Charles was faster than Sainz before the safety car. But then, like, consider the fact that, like, Carlos was dragging him along with the DRS. Because, I mean, even for DRS, we already saw that Charles was actually just way slower. With DRS, Charles was able to maintain a three-second gap to Lewis Hamilton before they all pitted. Without the DRS, Lewis was already closing in on Charles. He brought the gap down from three seconds to two point something seconds, then everything just like scattered after that point in time. So you cannot say that with with like before Carlos pitted, this is why this guy was faster. And also consider the fact that like the hard tires take a bit of time to warm up. So yeah, Charles was able to warm up his tires like perfectly and was able to like go. But then, like another thing you're not considering is that like if Charles was as fast as you are saying, all he needed to do was just to pass Carlos Sainz. That is literally all he needed to do. Carlos Sainz did not have any issues passing Charles when the time came. Nobody had any issues passing Charles when the time came. But Charles had issues passing Sainz when the time came. So like your entire argument is just based on the fact that like Charles was unable to pass Sainz. Therefore, Sainz should be ahead of Charles. Do you get? So, like, that's just the entire thing. Thank you. Oh, sorry, um, I'm sorry. I just want to pose a question to, to Bio. Before, okay. when I know Bio respond. Bio, you are talking of double stack. You said double stack like two or three times in this space now. Do you remember Monaco? Yeah. you remember the double stack in Monaco? Monaco is different. I mean, right? your guys, your guys are not the best when it comes to pit stops no. and everything. So They're not Red Bull. So, come on. Is it right? Monaco is different, right? This this particular scenario was um full safety car, right? Right, not VSE, not virtual safety safety car, full safety car. So there's no possibility except from the fact that probably um Charles had like a four second pit stop. There's no how that Charles would have held up Carlos at the pit. So this is what I'm trying to say. I'm not using the medium lap times. I'm using the um, hard tires lap times, right? When Charles came to pitch, right, after five laps that Carlos pitted, right, when he came out, he was surpassing Louis' lap time, right? He was smashing Louis' lap time, right? Which made much sense for the team in case of undercourt, right? Because you can't hold up both cars, P2, P3. Carlos, with the way he was driving, P3, Right, and you can't want, yeah, you can't order both cars. There was going to be an undercut for Louis, and Louis would 
speed and come out ahead of both drivers. So it was much realistic for them to, okay, even if both of you want to drag yourself along, at least match the lap times of Lewis, which Carlos never matched, right? He never matched Lewis' lap time, right? So the fact that you are now saying that um, Carlos overtook um, Charles, even even Lewis overtook Charles now, have, have we forgotten Abu Dhabi, right? If you're on, if you're on a better grip tires, right? Someone is on 15 lap old tires, right? It could have it. It's even with a bad um, start on your CV. You're you're on new fresh old um new fresh soft tires, and you can't pass someone on 15 lap uh, abba now. Let's if you want to cook, let's cook gently. Abba, when you're not, it is both. I'm saying it is both us that will, might that might be unable to have passed Charles. Even no driver that is serious with championship or scoring point or winning will not have passed Charles at that particular time, right? All the cars that were, that were relatively com- as competitive as Charles on soft tires passed him because it was on hard tires, which we all knew to, could have been an easy move, right? Come on now, let's let's be let's be let's be calm with cooking, you know? Hmm. Thank you very much. Um, I think we'll move on to Mr. Abbasir Keme. Thank you for waiting. I know you have a lot to say. So, um, Abbasir Keme, okay, he's no longer here again. Then, um, no, not you, not, not you. Um, I was going to say the next person. And um, next person should, will now be Yusuf. So, please go ahead. Thank you. Yeah. Initially, I wanted to respond to what EMU said, which, you know, no personal opinions are there, but, don't be outrageous with your personal opinions. They can be countered. There's there's a line you know, that uh, we shouldn't cross, you know, with agendas and all that. But anyway, it's no longer here, so that, that, that's gone. For I, I agree with um, Ibafo's um, analysis on, you know, um, Charles had um, um, signs, you know. Charles was already close because he was in DRS range. When he was no longer there, Hamilton was closing up on him. And I think we should, I know I've done my own first year of um, Ferrari strategic criticism today, but I think we should, um, the second call was a bad call. But it wasn't a bad call for the team, it was a bad call for Sainz, who didn't deserve it. And he had every right to, you know, to push for his win and reject it. But they made that call because they knew Charles was on both tires. The, I'm guessing the plan was to get signs to back them off, which would have been hard, but possible because he would be in DRS reach to Charles and be able to stay ahead of Hamilton, just like Charles did at the start of the race. So I'm guessing that was the plan. That would have secured P1 and P2 for them, very possibly. But of course, that would be P2 for signs, and he wouldn't want that. So I think we should just, uh, uh, you know, someone messaged up about like this isn't a wrong call to correct the wrong call. I don't think the second call was wrong for the entire team. I just think on a day where they had messed up already, and a day where there was so much on the line for signs, there was no way he was going to agree to that because it was the wrong call for him personally. So um, that's on that. Thank you very much. Um I guess I would I would have to agree with you, but uh yeah, that's that's just what I'll say on that. So um Yusuf, please go ahead. 
And then um, I guess we'll be moving on to the rest of the grid after Yusuf. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Um, I just wanted to add a few points on like what I said about Ferrari, about the way Ferrari do make their decisions sometimes. Last season, when doing doing like um, towards the last lap, they really started to fall. Max Verstappen, I've forgotten the grand the grand picks, but Lando was in the lead. Hamilton was second, and I don't even know what position Max was there. But suddenly, Max then decided to pit for Inters, or I think wait. Then, Mercedes look at Max. They were like, okay, looks like the decision he makes was good. They didn't care about the decision McLaren was trying to make. They focused on who they were competing with. And to, um, because of network, I was a bit busy. I did not really watch what really happened in the middle, but I was able to catch up at the beginning and at the end. So when I um, I saw um, Charles on up tires and the rest on soft tires, then someone are making a comment that like they could have pitted both cars for soft tires, especially because because of like real safety car, not virtual safety car. So I just feel that to me, I feel the decision was like was just totally shambles. Like because if they've actually pitted both cars and it's not going to, it's not as if Pitting both cars is actually going to disturb, or maybe they were afraid of what will happen in Monaco is going to happen again. I feel Charles, they could have easily gotten a one to like someone said, like the one to was in their graphs today, and I feel that their decision making is is really costing Charles a lot of like competition and points. And I just feel they do better because I by if this really catch up to both teams. And they keep making decisions like this. They might just find themselves like in the top, like and it's just going to be a red bull makes this battle again. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, I see Quicksilver is back. Quicksilver, please share your um thoughts just before we move on to the rest of the grid. And then um I I've seen something. Thank you, um, read one. Um, so Binotto on the Ferrari strategy, we thought a double stop was impossible, so we had to make a choice. We chose Carlos because Charles was ahead and his tires were fresher. We hoped the soft would degrade more more quickly. So, um, I guess, um, so you guys can, uh, well, I say, understand, um, Ferrari's point of view. And um um Adibayo specifically, yeah, because he's the one that's been on about it. So yeah, Adibayo, I hope that answers your question. You you could clearly see that that response is not from a team that has like what championship in view, right? Ah, because if if it was because if it if if it was a Red Bull or a Mercedes, they would have double stacked both drivers and placed them on soft tires. Okay. Sorry, can I say something about, about that double stacking? Okay, please go ahead. When it comes to double stacking, it's, it's more of like a risk you get. And like at the point in time where they declared the safety car, where was Charles declared? He was literally close to the pits already at that point in time. So if you now say you want to double stack at that point in time, it means you need to have the tires for Charles ready. You need to have the tires for Sainz ready. You get, and that's like a bit hard. You, you can remember like um, Bahrain when Mercedes had George Russell in the seat instead of Lewis that time. Remember what happened when they decided to double stack and they were not ready? 
Russell went out with VB's tires. VB went out with older tires. Something like that. So something like that can happen. And just like that, you've lost P1, you've lost P2. Imagine the type of noise you'll be making if that happened to them at the double stacks right now at this point in time. <laughs> you'll believe it. But now they made the safer call and you're still living because Charles Leclerc with the damaged car is who you wanted to win today. And I don't, personally, I don't see how Leclerc would have won with a damaged car. It would have not made any sense at all. Leaving him outside with his, well, they 10 lap old hard tires was actually a good decision. They were hoping that at the end of the race, maybe the soft tires would have like worn off or something like that. But maybe they didn't account for the fact that like the cars are now on lighter loads and like all the debilitation they saw initially was on heavier loads of fuel and all of that. So maybe I don't know what happened, but like to say that like they should have pitted Charles when he was P1 doesn't mean I mean we've seen Mercedes do this thing how many times? They won't pick which one is P1 and then at the end of the day, oh, they missed a huge advantage. Like it even happened that time it rained, the track got dry. They didn't pit Lewis. Lewis was now like literally there and everybody was in the pits changing to dry tires and Lewis was on internet. So it's like the team is just making a safe decision. That's just what is happening. They got you wrong. They will move on. It's, it's not that big of a team. Can I say something? Uh, yeah, Silva, you are actually meant to um, go next. So please just go ahead. Okay. Um... I also think one of the reasons um, Ferrari made the call they did was, if you notice, all through the race, Mercedes and Hamilton were gaining on them lap after lap, lap after lap, to the point that if if they didn't pit, at some point, Hamilton would have gotten the undercut, got more time from them, you know, and if he pitted before them, and comes out before them, it will be difficult for them to be able to catch him again because most likely he was going to go on hard tires before them, get it heated up before them. And, you know, one thing was that nobody um, nobody actually envisaged the kind of pace Mercedes brought out today. Nobody saw um, Mercedes um, matching Ferrari's pace today, to be honest. You know, so I, I, can, I can say psychologically also the, the 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 team, their their technical team also, they were kind of like scared, you know, that okay, this is Mercedes. What what is going on right here now? They are keeping up with us. They are matching us pace to pace, and they are even setting faster lap times, you know, lap lap by lap, you know. So for them, double stacking wasn't really that much of of a good choice because if they had double stacked and Mercedes, no, if Mercedes had gotten the undercuts before them. And pitted before them, and they still double stacked. It will have been it will have been difficult for them to eventually finish the race, maybe one, two, or uh, uh, second and third. You know, with what happened with them, Perez and all. You know, so I think it's 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 just the way. You know, in in F one, anything can happen. You just have to think on your toes. That's just it. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Silva. Um, Adibayo. Please let, let's give uh, Mr. Jojo. Um, so um, let's allow him to speak. Then we'll come to you, please. He's, I guess he's just joined us here. So, uh, Mr. Jojo, please go ahead. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm sorry, I ju- I just came in. I missed the show when you started, but I I got in when um someone I can't remember the previous speaker was defending Ferrari, and over and over again we've seen Ferrari make strategy blunders. This is it. When it comes to strategy, you give it to Mercedes, you give it to Red Bull. 
today, when you're making those kind of strategy calls, over the years, we discovered that you should be able to be flexible with your strategy. What Ferrari didn't do today was to counter a fast-coming Hamilton. You had Carlos, who was slower, and you held him, you held, you used him to hold Leclerc, but who was faster. That would never happen in the Red Bull, it would never happen in the Mercedes. Ferrari should have gotten their wanted today. If they had made that call, you would give it to the drivers to make their decisions. So, but again, you know, I think why they didn't double stack because they had the opportunity to double stack. I don't agree that if they double stack, they will have uh, lost more time. No, double stack in lo- worst case, they will have lost two seconds, but still, they will still have the driver advantage. Everybody was going on soft, it didn't matter. You understand? But you know, if I take you back to what happened in Monaco, they tried to double stack and then it backfired. So they may be thinking, okay, they have somebody who's going to compete with them now. Obviously, Red Bull has now come into the game. So they were obviously looking at all of those things. So I I, I can't really blame them too much. But I think Mercedes too should have gotten something better with that. You know, at the time when Mercedes was asking um, Lewis Hamilton to push down and push and push and push, he had the opportunity to have countered the uh, undercuts from uh, Leclerc. But still, he still played that way. Uh, nice time. But I feel Mercedes had everything to win the game today. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much. Okay, I still see some hands up. Um, I don't know. Okay. Um, after. Um, okay, quickly. Ibafo, Picasso, do you still. Uh, okay, I know, okay, I know you are here. But I don't know if you wanted to speak on. Um, on. Mercedes, Ferrari, and Red Bull again, just before we move on. No, I don't have anything to say. Okay, so, okay, we'll move on to the next teams. Okay, um, so just Adebayo and um, Yusuf, please. Okay, so um, please, in that order, thank you, and we'll move on. Yeah, so, again, I will still say it again, right? I felt, I feel, right, that it should have double stacked, right? Because I, if I remember clearly, when Xavier told this guy, that um that was um safety car i think it was approaching um it was approaching the third corner the third to the last corner right and he asked zavi right should he pit right zavi didn't say anything zavi muted then he, he when he was approaching the um the pit entry he slowed down considerably but you know that i think 40 percent right is it forty percent of your um of your pace when there's a safety car or something? Is it forty or sixty? I'm not really sure about the. But I knew it slowed down beyond the particular gear was on, right? And Zavi came back and told him to stay out, right? Double stack would have worked perfectly for them, right? Because the three seconds was still intact, right? Under safety car, right? It would have worked. The only reason why it might not have worked was if there was going to be like a um, five-second pit stop for Charles in the pit, which we all know that Ferrari is also capable of doing, right? That one I can also agree. But on a normal safety car condition, double stack condition, three um, 2.8 seconds or three seconds, it would, it would have worked perfectly well for them. But we all, we all could also agree the fact that 
Ferrari could have put up like a five seconds pit stop for for Charles, which we which we all know that, right? Right. But again, like I said, right, if you are really serious about championship, right, you should be able to make some of these calls ASAP. That's that one you can always give that to Red Bull, right? That making that strategy calls as quick as possible as as the as opportunity arises, they will always make they they always make the best use of it, but it, but you you come on, I beg. It's not me that will be defending Ferrari. I beg. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord Jesus, uh, uh, Thank you very much. Um, Isu, please. Okay, I just wanted to end it up with some few points. I wanted to like series in before to like I can't remember who was trying to defend Ferrari, but then Jojo made a clear point that everybody pitted for soft. So like there is no way the double stacking will have failed because everybody pitted. So I don't think that um Ferrari has any excuse or like we should try to like reason that they were trying to play safe. Like that's the difference between them, Red Bull and Mercedes. They don't make decisions like championship. Like imagine t- like getting panicking because because Hamilton was gaining on them instead of them to make quick decision when Carlos and when Carlos and Charles when they were battling instead of them making a quick decision they were still like okay um that's what I was annoyed like they were like I am saying should push Adai should make the two point nine the next lap Hamilton did the two point five. So like I just feel their decision, their decision is going to is what's costing them, not the drivers, because I feel the drivers are doing a fantastic job. But their strategy, the person in charge of their strategy is just and I don't know what to say about that. But okay, let's move on to that team, Sharp. Thank you. Um thank you very much, Yusuf. Um I think just to even add to this whole Ferrari um discussion, because Matthew Binotto saying is impossible. You did not try it. Impossible is nothing. Do you understand? So, um, I would say for I would say Ferrari, yeah, they've exhibited this attitude. It's not just to this race, no, not just in Monaco, um, but in like previous, um, even when Seb was, even when Seb was, was still. Um, in Ferrari, Ferrari, you you could see this um, attitude from the people. So, I, for me, I don't know whether they have to talk to the people in Marileno before they make decisions on the piece because I believe the people in uh, Marileno can only support or rather provide data that will support what is on track and then the strategies and or whoever is involved makes the um or rather the chief start and real strategies makes um decision you know, and passes it on to um the engineers you know so i believe um i really don't know what their whole process is like but it's something they as a team need to look at internally and look at okay are we doing well in this aspect because they seem to be the only one with issues when it comes to um, their drivers, like they are a top team. Um, yeah, so that's just it basically from me. So, uh, moving on, um, moving on, uh, we've had um, 
Let me just quickly touch on Alpha Romero. So Alpha Romero of um Juan Yudro and Butas of apparently today when I saw the F2 incident, I was like, what the hell? And then this Guan Yudro's um accident happened. I was like, okay, there's something going on in this silver stone today. So um uh, well I'm happy all drivers are safe and um healthy. You know, that's the most important thing. It's uh, one, of the, one of the most dangerous spots in the world. But um, I think you, we all can see the impact of the halo. You know, because when, I believe when they introduced the halo, not many people liked it. But with time, we've seen um, how efficient the halo has been, you know, in terms of, um, what I say, from Grosjean, now to um one you drew and then also some other similar incidents you know that even even um what what, what do you call it again monza monza with um lewis and max you know i think if, if i'm not mistaken the halo had um a part to play you know so um i think this um credit to the fia on that you know and i'm um, very unfortunate um, for Guan Yujo, hopefully he's able to bounce back um, next weekend um, in Austria. Uh, I know that this whole crash is going to affect the budget cap. And then um, for Butas as well, I don't know, Butas is just, all weekend, Butas has not really, well, I see, has not really been strong. And then um, I think finish, it was out in Q2. And then um, Finish, um, or rather, did not finish due to a mechanical um issue today. So, as well, for, for Alpha Romero, as I've said, or rather, some of us have said, but I personally have said, um, I just see Alpha Romero as a team that are just winging it, you know. Um, I know someone here has stumbled, I've said, um, they've, they've stumbled on this, um, this lock and they've been able to, um, utilize the lock to their. Um, advantage, but um, obviously they they get to a point where um the lock will run out, and then um you have to start um facing real um reality. So um, I believe it's just a very unfortunate situation for um Alpha Romero as a team. But um, I believe the most positive thing is that Guan Yujo is okay, and then is um Hale and Hati. So um. Yeah, okay. I don't know if anyone has anything to say on that. Okay, I see Yusuf, please. Am I have two questions? Firstly, like what exactly happened to Bottas? Like engine failure, hydraulics, like why was he out of the race? And secondly, after watching the replay of um is of drug and drug incident, thank God is um is even sound. Is it, can we really call it a racing incident? Because I think Russell literally hit his tire. And I, I, I didn't really, I didn't really see like maybe any pressure, right? Is it actually safe to be called a racing incident? And also the incident of the alloy, that now reminds me like, why, what I'm about to say now might cause a little trouble. But why does it look like, um, like Max Lewis comment at the end of the race saying that, um Iman, the battle between him and Charles was 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 respectable. Like uh, I can't quote him exactly, sir. 
compared to last year. And we all know we was trying to say Max. Like he's actually giving his fan base more reason to tackle Max. And this season, the first race of the season, haven't we seen Max and Charles actually battle like hard and fear? So like, why is Lewis bringing this shit up again? Like ah, last year is gone and dusted. And we've seen Max battle Charles like two to three times this season that he can actually lose Adam Fred. So everybody should just forget last season. Can I respond? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, please. Yeah. So in in terms of the George Russell situation, Pierre Gasly actually tapped him from behind his left rear tire. So when he tapped him, he went into um, what's his name, Joe. And then that's when the entire accident happened. And Russell was actually still good to go. He parked his car just to go and check on Joe. But then, like, by the time he came back to his car, the mouses already got in there and they, I think they turned it up or something like that. So because of that, he couldn't, he couldn't race anymore. And then in terms of what Lewis said, Lewis is saying what he said because, like, last year, the entire incident that happened, Max turned into him and then everything happened like that. That's why he's saying that the battle between him and Charles was like that. And it's not simply saying it to tackle anybody, just airing out his own opinion. If anybody wants to tackle somebody, they can go forward and tackle. But then, like, you also have to admit it that, like, the fights that he is having this year and the fight that everybody is having this year are much cleaner than what happened last year between him and Max. And, like, Max is way calmer now than what, than last year because, like, you've actually seen it. He has won a World Driver Championship and now he's just, like, being level-headed and he knows that, like, consistency is the key. And it's not as if it's, like, by winning aggressively or getting one over to done in this lap. It's just that, like, consistency is the key. Having the most points, finishing the most races is what is key. Not DNF, you know, crashing out. So, like, that's why Max is calmer this year with Charles. And I don't think this um, championship battle has gotten heated yet. I mean, we're still in, like, race eight of the season. So, like, the further we go down the line and the further, like, the closer the gap gets and the less races we have, I feel we will see a more fierce battle between both Charles and Max. Because, like, again, Charles has not won a World Drivers' Championship yet. Charles is only on four races, one, and, like, he's still hungry for, like, more. And, like, Max wants to solidify himself as a champion after like the doubts from yes last year's own. So like all these things that will still come into play later on and like we'll still see more. I still I think we'll even see more in Zanderbots Max home race because we have the backing of the Dutch crowd, the orange army they are loud. So like yeah, just patience. Um about the Pierre Gasly incident, I think you should watch the play very well. Pierre Gasly was trying to cut in between um What's it called? Um, Russell and um, Drew Gandrew. But I think he then backed off. So I, I'm not sure he actually eats Russell. I think Russell was not trying to take over that left space, but he didn't expect Drew Gandrew to like come at a very high speed like that. I do not think he actually eats him. Mm. No. Um, was trying to take a space that was no existence. That was like that, that place was a racing line to be specific. Yeah, yeah, but he backed so off. Russell that was trying backed yeah, off. He backed off. But when he backed off, he had already, like, Russell was, like, trying to cover that side. So because of that, he had already tapped Russell's left rear. And with that, with the speed that Russell was going at, he crashed into Joe. That's just what happened. It's not as if Russell's at fault. It's not as if Gazi's at fault. That, yes, that's to, that's that like, um, getting out of his car. Like, um, um, I think I'll just um, share my own view from the way I see things. I think... Um, um, Russell, when 
he saw um Joe in his uh, mirror, he probably expected um what you call it. he probably expected Joe to go past him. But what I feel is that he misjudged um that Gasly was also coming as quick as um Joe was um going, you know. So I believe that's where the whole um um contact came about, you know. So I personally I was I I'll give the blame to Russell because um they were clearly on the racing line and then he just dipped him. But I well everyone has their opinion at the end of the day. So yeah. But today is really a bad race for Albon with all his um, new updates and everything. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll come to Williams um in a bit. Um Jojo, please go ahead. Thank you. Okay, thank you. So um I think I it was a racing incident to be very fair and balanced. Um, what happened from my own view, the way I looked at it from all the angles presented by F1, I think um, Latifi, when Latifi saw that gap, he went for it. When Russell noticed that there was a gap that Latifi took advantage of, he started closing in. At that point, if you look at the camera from the replays, you will notice that um, Gasly saw that gap and was trying to take advantage. But unfortunately, at the time he was taking advantage, Russell too was closing that gap. So it was the the onus was on Gasly to slow down. A similar example was with um was with um Lewis Hamilton and the Verstappen last season when they went, they crashed at that corner. At that point, the reason why the F1 blamed the FIA blamed um, Hamilton was because he saw a gap, but I mean, what's his name? Max had already started closing in on it. So it was left for him. So either hog the last piece of the of the racing line or back out. But he didn't. So they gave him a 10-second stop-go penalty or something like that. So it's the same thing for Gasly. I think when he saw the gap was closing, he should have just backed off. But he didn't. Or rather, he saw it late. And then maybe that was why they deemed it a racing incident. So that's what I will, I will, I will go with. I think it's a racing incident. Thank you very much, um, Jojo. At the end of the day, uh, everyone has their um, own views and opinions, you know. So, um, yeah. Uh, so, moving on, we've got, um, let's say, Alpine. Alpine. <clears throat> so, um, Alonso finishing P5. And then, um, unfortunately, Esteban Ocon retiring. Um. I would say, for, I would say for Alonso, it was, it was a good race, you know. Um, you could, you could see him um lingering around when, um, was 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 their name again? Charles, um, Charles Perez and Lewis were, um, will I say were battling for that um for those positions, you know. So, um. I guess he didn't want to join in the fight, you know, because it might might have been very messy. But um brilliant drive from him, you know, and then um Estabanocon um Ocon, very unfortunate incident. I believe it's a reliability issue with um Esteban because at a point he actually um overtook Max, you know, and then um if you if you, if you know the history of um Ocon and um Max, you know, <laughs> you know that um, so you you might have expected something to happen there, but 
I believe um, they were both matured about it, you know, and then, um, yeah, so the, over, the, the overtake was actually um, surprising, but later on, Red Bull has come out to say um, there was, the floor was damaged, so I guess um, hence why Max was losing, um, losing performance um, on the car. So, um, yeah. Um, I think our opinion it's well you you won't say it's been a good weekend for them because in as much as they were able to get ten points, they still have to go back and sort out whatever reliability issues um they are having because they could have easily had both cars um in P five, P seven. You know, so um yeah, it's something they need to go back to the factory and look at and Preparing time against um, next week. So yeah, I don't know. Okay, I see um, Jojo up. Jojo, please go ahead. Thank you. All right, thank you. I I, I actually lost my thought there when I was trying to respond to the last caller when he asked the question around um, um, Lewis's opinion over the way Leclerc drives. I think it's very obvious. It's not as if he, he said it to you know to make Verstappen feel bad. It's just their driving style. You see, the way Max drives other drivers is different from the way he drives Lewis Hamilton. On the other hand, the way Lewis Hamilton drives with other drivers is different from the way he drives Max. Two of them are just not going to give up for each other. But I think Lewis has had this turn against Max after all the bullying on the track and then he's, he's fixated on that opinion. So I don't blame him. It's just what it is. Um, early in this year, this season, when they, when when we started the first race, you saw the way Max was driving Leclerc, and you could trace it back to their younger days when they were racing together. That's how they've been driving. So it's about driving style. It's not really about um, making Max Verstappen feel bad. Exactly. So on the Alpine, I think um, they were they had a glorified position today. Um, yes, the car is quick on the straights, but. Somehow, somehow, their fight was against uh, McLaren, obviously, because of their championship position. But, you know, if the two cars, if, um, what's his name, Ricardo and um, Ocon were still in the race, I don't think um, Alpine would be climbing that high, you understand? Yes, the safety car gifted them position, but I just think it was more about uh, circumstances, more, not more than um, the car overperforming than it got. Thanks. Thank you very much, um, Jojo. So, okay, I think we have um, Evans, but I don't know if he wants to add. Um, Evans, do you would you like to add to um, Alpine? Uh, thank you so much. Uh, yeah, I've just joined. Uh, thanks for this opportunity. I think um, it was shocking to see that uh, Esteban was not so competitive this weekend. Uh, Alonso was good in qualifying. They seem to have a car that has good um, good speed. <clears throat> the only problem is, I think, during the race, they seem to lose a bit of pace. Uh, but in terms of the midfield, they are the best of the rest uh, after, um, after Mercedes at the moment. But uh, today, Lando Norris was very good. So, yeah, I think uh, those are Alonso and uh, Norris had, uh, uh, like, they were not so much on camera, but they drove very well today. Um, of course, uh, Lewis and um, uh, uh, Sainz also and Leclerc. But I think Alpine, they should consolidate that P4 
before position, considering that uh, McLaren are not bringing new upgrades. Um, yeah, they said they are not bringing new upgrades, so they will just they are looking at the next year's car. So yeah, but uh, today's uh, Grand Prix was very interesting. So yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much, uh, Evans. Thank you for joining us. Um, yeah, I was just going to say, okay, yeah, um, guys, so please, um, also, if you would like to um, support us, please click the link in our bio where um, it helps us go a long way. You know, all currencies accepted naira, pounds, dollars, euro, yen, um, sefa, all of them. Thank you very much. So, um, yeah, moving on, we've got uh, McLaren. Um, McLaren, well, I would say it, it, it was a good day for Lando. Um, starting P6, uh, finishing P6, Abby. So, um, yeah, so I believe it was, well, there was nothing with the way um, the top three um, teams have improved, um, most especially Mercedes. Um, you could say that that's possibly the best position they could um, hope for P5, P6, you know, and then, um, yeah. Well, um, Landowners, I don't have anything to say. Excellent drive from him, you know. Um, did the best he can do. But again, um, I will just come to our brother there who just turned 33 a couple of years yesterday. So, um, Daniel Ricciardo, I, I, I honestly don't know. I, I don't know if it's a car problem or is the driver problem. Because now you are having Nicolas Latifi finish ahead of Ricciardo. Latifi, Latifi, is, Latifi man, he should not go and he should just go and thank his baba because his baba, he should just, he, his baba is his baba is doing some good job, you know, finishing P twelve. But we'll come to um, Latifi in a minute. But Ricardo is, um, so, sorry about that. Um, so for Ricardo, I'm like, is it yeah, is it is it a car um problem, or is just a driver issue? Because I've seen some people say, oh, okay. Um, McLaren have something to answer that. Why? Why is Lando performing um far better than um what's his name, Daniel Ricciardo? So I believe that is a. I I I I don't know if anyone has anything to say on that. But I my question is: is it is it a car issue or is it driver issue? Because if you want to say car, how long? Like how long? Ricardo is meant to be part of the first 20 best drivers in the world. You know, so you should be able to adapt to any machinery. That means you that means you take into IndyCar is is it's not even going to it's not even going to perform. You know, so I, I, like you cannot continue to be using this car excuse of oh, like you see other drivers that go to other series, they are doing so well. Are, 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 are we hearing them come coming to say, oh, because they were in F1? They are not used to this, you know, and this is just well. I say this is just change, um, change of class or rather change of team, you know. Or so it's still the same concept or design of machinery, but 
just maybe a little bit different adjustments here and there, you know. So I really don't um know on this um Ricardo issue, like how long is it or rather are we going to see this um behavior, you know? So um yeah, um okay, I see a few hands up. Okay, um co-host, please go ahead. Yeah, so I think it's it's not a car issue, it's a dynamic issue. Like, he struggled mightily this weekend. And like you said, his birthday was, I think, on Friday or Saturday. So was, you would expect birthday ginger, you know. He wants to put put on a show to celebrate his new age, only for him to drop a disaster class on Saturday. And then even, and even worse performance today. I think he was second to last. Like, he finished uh, 13th. And just before guys were the same isn't too bad. There were only 14 finishes. So basically, Sonoda was last in 14th place. So it's it's the car. It's the car that comes. It can't be the car, really, because why was McLaren kind of, you know, want to win with only one driver? Because it helps them if both drivers are scoring points and are competitive every single race weekend. But for some reason, Danirik at 33, you know, He's still finding it hard to adapt quickly because we hear the same story of uh, the next two seasons. Yeah, when he was a Red Bull, he, he did this. When he went to Renault his first season, he was adapting second season, this and that. So he's saying this time. But Formula 1 isn't a game of, isn't a sport of in its time. Like it's sink or swim. And for someone that, is, or that came in as, you know, very highly rated. So he didn't come in as a rookie that he could say in its time. He came into McLaren as a multiple-time race winner. He's on the fast contract. And McLaren, they don't have all the money in the world to be, you know, investing in someone that isn't pulling his weight. So I know we've had this discussion several times on Danirik over and over again, like, what is wrong with him? But I, I just think, you know, he's just not pulling his weight. And we can't blame the team anymore. We can't blame the car. Because okay, we, we hear, oh, he likes being comfortable with the brakes, this and that. It's been two years now. You can't see he's still waiting for, he's still waiting to feel comfortable with the brakes so he can be the dynamic of Red Bull. Like, if, if that car clearly isn't a Red Bull car and it isn't going to give him that braking feel, where can go in to corners very, with high speed and, you know, still get the car to stop. So either he adapts or the team moves on from him. And unfortunately, he has refused to adapt. So I think it's time for the team to start looking for alternatives, really. So, so real quick, Balaji, that, I mean, a great analysis. Um, I yeah. wanted to ask, what do you think about Vettel, though, in the same predic- uh, predicament uh, with uh, Danny Rick? <laughs> I mean, uh, well, it's been documented that I think it's the same thing, really, because Seb also, you know, he couldn't... He couldn't um, swim. It was a sink or swim situation for him also, and he just couldn't swim, unfortunately. But the thing is, Seb has been able to build a track record of four consecutive championship wins. So even if he's having, you know, he's going through like a tough time now, people would always remember that, well, at least he won four in a row. Unfortunately, Danrik has not won anything. So he doesn't even have like, you know, a backlog of like spectacular racecraft to fall back on. So Seb's on is like it's, it's valid. This same thing applies to Seb, but as you can see, well, there was a time he was the number one driver in Formula One. We haven't seen that from Danirik yet. And now Danirik has moved to two different teams since leaving Red Bull. And it's the same story of he needs to adjust. 
in this time, and he has not built up a cache of like spectacular results. Really. Thank you very much, um, Balaji. So yeah, we'll just um, uh, okay. We have um, Tosin. Tosin, please go ahead. Then um, Evans, Evans. Then um, Eva for Eva for oh, okay. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Um, you know, I came to this space last year after the season and said that this would be Danny Rick's last season from La One, and it, it seems my prediction is coming true because I don't, I don't think Danny Rick is go, is going to last. This, after this season is done, because no team will picking up. There are younger drivers. They are coming up. And McLaren won't give him a new contract. I don't see where he can go to. I, I don't see which team will pick him up. I don't see the one that will pick him up. So I think he's, he's done. He's washed. He's finished. He has been overrated for a while. He had, he had, he had a good run in Red Bull, but he's, he, could not, he could not stand Verstappen. He could not compete with Verstappen. Checo is, 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 is a better competitor than Nirik was in, in the Red Bull. But We'll see. We'll see what we'll see what will happen. Then for Seb, I think Seb, Seb's case, I I I mean as for Seb, I, I still blame the machinery though. I don't think Seb is washed. I think I still think he has it in him. I still blame the machinery. I don't think Aston Martin is, is doing what they're uh, what they're meant to do. But we'll see see with Seb. Seb we we'll still have Seb sometime in the Formula One. But then Rick is done. McLaren is to get a younger driver in, in there. Probably that boy from F two that they didn't pick they didn't pick up this year. So to come and take that seat from uh, from him. Thank you. That's all. But my agenda with Danny Rick is not, it's come to pass because last year I said this, everybody laughed. You know, Danny Rick is still, is still working, he's still fine. But apparently, I'm correct. All right. Thank you. Thank you very, thank you very much. Um, so, was anyone uh, speaking? Yeah, I wanted to actually add one more thing uh, to, uh, to what you said. So, remember, Seb had an issue. Uh, towards his uh, end time at Ferrari as well. And then Leclerc, Charles was, you know, outshining him and obviously led to what it is right now. So, you know, there are parallels there, I think, with respect to the machinery and then adapting, you know, to different, you know, you know, regulations, different technical, you know, directives and all that stuff. So, I mean, there's a lot to be said to it with, you know, Keeping the driver in mind that this guy's talented, I think Danny Rick is talented, but I think it's just had the misfortune of, you know, the different teams he's gone through in this short amount of time. And then this new regulations, which obviously some drivers adapt to way better than some others. So, I mean, I think there's a lot to be said than, you know, he's washed up. Um, you know, there's a lot to consider with the, you know, regulations and the new, you know, technical kind of guidelines uh, where some drivers can adapt better and, you know, some machineries. I keep in mind also that these cars are not set up 100% identical. You know, I think what I heard was even for Lewis, for the first part of the season, you know, he was pretty much just testing the car for the team. And, you know, what I heard was uh, George was allowed to, you know, race and, you know, just, you know, go for go for it, essentially. But Lewis was pretty much testing the car. So you couldn't say, you know, Lewis is washed up because, you know, George was outshining him. So, I mean, there's a lot to be said um, with behind the scenes, you know, and, you know, what, like how the car is set up. So, you know, just something to consider. Well, uh, I I agree with you that yeah, the regulations play a role, but 
the Danjuric's problem has not been it's not this year. I think even for the past three years, he has had the issue. Why has he switched? He has switched. He has been switching teams. But but let's also about. But I think he's done. I don't think any team will give him give him a chance again. I don't think so. Um, just quickly on um Daniel Rick because if anyone is uh, if anyone is always here when we talk about McLaren, I think I've gone in on Daniel Rick um more than enough times. But I think when we say um it's hard to change um teams couple of times, you know, adapting, I would say he's he's hard to adapt quickly to get to Formula One, if anyone will agree with me, yes or no, because we, because in, because you have to be sharp and be, um, will I say, be alert to get to this stage of racing in your life, you know? So, is, is, uh, how, how, like, you've been in Red Bull, you left, went to Renault, two years or, uh, or so, you, you changed again, came to McLaren, you see Alonso. Alonso was not in this sport. Um, well, um, um, last year I was not been in this sport for a period of time. See Magnuson. Magnuson uh, came back and started showing us what that has to do when everything is okay with the car. Um, which other individual? Which other individual again? Alkenberg. Uh, Alex Albon. Alex Albon. Alex Albon that the Alex Albon that 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 he drove. That became a that became a, um, a stunt driver came came and started um, putting the Williams. It's because of him they brought upgrades. Eh? Williams, you will not even see such big upgrades in um, 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 last year or so when when George was there. They were not managing managing the car. So I don't think um, what you call I don't think we can continue to say oh or rather defend Ricardo. You know because. I think time is money, and if you are on that big salary, leave 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 this discipline another person do the job if you know you cannot do the job because they know why they are paying you that amount of money. So I think us um, defending Ricardo is I think anyone is every everyone is allowed to defend Ricardo, but in my own opinion, I think it doesn't. I I I don't, I don't think it's justifiable in my own opinion. That's just what I'm going to say on um, Daniel Rick. Um, yeah, oh, I see a lot of hands up. Um, okay, so, um, co-host, please go ahead. Then, um, I will just, um, I'm Jojo. I know you've been, you've been, um, up. So, Jojo Ibafo, Imade. Think has to come in. Oh, sorry, sorry. Um, Evans, Evans, I, okay. I've lost, okay. I've lost my, uh, but, um, yeah. Okay. Ahead, so I think I just wanted to add to what Tosin said. So really, there's been a track record of Daniel Rick running away from competition. He did it with Red Bull when things got tight, you know, and with the resurgence of Max and the influence of Max within the team, he ran away. Even though Christian, I uh, said Christian, Karen Honor said that, uh, you know, um, they offered him a comparable contract to Renault, or even more than what Renault offered him. So he left equal money or more money from Red Bull to go to Renault. And then things got tight at Renault. He left Renault to go to McLaren. And things are tight now and he's still not performing. So you look at a guy that has, you know, a top top talent 
that has been in three teams in like five years. That's unheard of for a top talent. Most guys get into a team and they make it theirs. You don't hop around the paddock. You're not uh, a midfield driver. Only midfield drivers, you know, kind of jump around, dance around because they are fillers, they're looking for open seats. But if you're a top driver for a top team, you make the team yours. And unfortunately, he has not been able to do that. I mean, Renault gave him everything and they had, then there was no budget gap, so they claimed to have like, you know, unlimited budget and high hopes and aspirations for the future and everything. And they built the future around him. And then Cyril, a bit above then, was really happy that he was able to, you know, convince Danny Rick to leave Red Bull. He felt like he had pulled a fast one on Karen and he was proud of what he did. Only for Danny Rick to, you know, turn around and blindside him and jump to McLaren. So he's had a track record of just leaving when things get difficult. So, I mean, he is a top talent, but right now he's just not showing that he is a top talent anymore. And it's unfortunate, really. Um, I must even add to what Bolaji said because I didn't even remember soon. Um, I mean, I, I, I have a feeling that Eric is part of the reason why they fired soon because you, you, he had wasted a lot of money in terms of salary. So, as Bolaji has said, I will have to agree with everything. He's running away from competition. Well, if he leaves McLaren, where is he going to run to? Has? Uh, there's there, there's no probably no seats there's no third seats Williams they are they are looking to put in Piastri you know so I don't know but um yeah let's hear from um the, everyone um okay guys I think I'll just have to reset the um queue again sorry if you were meant to speak before or after but um yeah so um Evans Jojo for an Adebayo Denimade, please, in that order. Thank you. Okay, thanks. Uh, there's something that uh, you've, uh, nobody has mentioned. Um, uh, Ricardo's car had a DRS issue, and uh, th- that's the reason why he was not even in the top 10. Uh, regardless, I, he's not performed uh, for McLaren, and uh, I think everybody has seen how good Lando is, so, uh, even in qualifying, so, uh, Ricciardo, I think, now, is at the point of the career, of his career, where, if, if this continues, of course, uh, McLaren won't give him a new contract, um, and also, there's Oscar Piastri waiting, so, that could be, I, d- I doubt, uh, he'll get an extension, because of, his performances, uh, then, the other thing is that, I think he's not struggle. He's struggled to adapt to the car. Uh, some drivers struggle to adapt to cars because of this new ground um, rules, um, the rule change. So that has not. So so some drivers struggle to adapt, and I think the longer it takes, the more the more uh, McLaren won't renew his contract. And um, yeah, so hoping that. Um, he can up his game, but uh, so far it doesn't look like so. Yeah, so that's what I've seen. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I guess Jojo, please. Thank you very much. Um, I just want to agree with um, everything Evan said. You know, it's very easy to look at Daniel Rick and then blame him, and then it's also very difficult to look at him and then defend him because. 
on paper, based on the performances, you are seeing an expensive driver who is being outperformed by a younger driver in the same car. But, you know, you have to also consider that McLaren's car is a horrible car this year to start with. That car does not have enough downforce as it should be. And when you compare Lando's driving style to Ricardo's driving style, it favors Lando more. You understand? So Lando, I mean, Ricardo obviously doesn't have confidence in the rears of those of that uh, McLaren. And it's not something that can they can fix overnight. And the way these drivers um, approach the game, if they're able to build their confidence over time, it just keeps falling and falling. So not that I'm defending Ricardo, but he's just having too many issues. So I'm based on that. It's just going to be very easy for the team to look at him and say, guy, you're very expensive. I mean, we can't continue paying you this. And then it's better to just start with a younger driver. And then over the years, they can build him up and spend less efforts or the same amount of effort on you. You're 33. We're not even sure he can even give all of that. So I think the criticisms are a bit too harsh for Ricardo, but at the same time, he needs to find a way to adapt quickly to that car because that car can't get better than what it is, or maybe slightly better than what it is for this year. That's my contribution. Thanks. Thank you very much, um, Jojo. Um, Ibafo, please. Yeah, I was going to like add to the entire Danirik, and I, I don't think Danirik is a good driver, to be honest, at this point in time, because like, it's all still boiling down to the fact that like, oh, that win in Monaco, where he jumped in the swimming pool, that's the hype he's still riding on to this point in time. And to me, it doesn't make any sense because like, he could have stayed at Red Bull at the earlier stage of his career. He could have proven himself to be a good driver, but then like, Max would have still beaten him at the end of the day. But he didn't do that. He went to Renault, had engine issues, all of that, left Renault, came to McLaren. And now I'm now seeing him at McLaren, second season running, and he's still having issues up to this point in time. We have to consider the fact that like, they are paying this guy $15 million per year, and this is a team that says that they are struggling financially and might not be able to pay for their sprint races. At one point in time, you have to look at it. Like, if you are the person that is the driver, if you are Daniel Ricciardo, and you are the one that is like, messing up this bad, you have to look at it like, if I am costing this much, like, why can't I just, like, drop an actual good performance at one point in time that would actually impress my team? Because it doesn't make any sense. Norris is beating him. Norris is bad-mouthing him sometimes. Like, in that race where he was telling Ricardo to go and chase after someone, and then when Ricardo finished chasing after that person, his tires were dead. Norris wanted to, like, overtake. So, like, Norris is getting into his head. He's doing his dirty mind games. But, like, you see them on the field. They are just laughing. They are smiling. All of that. But, like, Norris knows that he's the top dog at the team at this point. And, like, $15 million for a secondary driver is still a heavy price tag. And I'm sure that, like, if this continues for Daniel Ricciardo, by next year, Zach Brown is looking at this, like, what is the point of this situation? Like, currently, Zach Brown is saving face, saying that, oh, no, Daniel Rick has no more left on his contract. We're still going with him. We're still sticking with him. But then, like, the more their financial woes worsening or, like, if it starts crashing or R&D budget is no longer enough, they will start to look at it like, this guy's a cost center rather than an actual top guy. Because when they brought Daniel Rick into their team, they expected a top driver. He was going to be their number one driver. By the end of the day, they now have to start looking into Lando Norris to be their number one driver. And then Daniel Rick with all the experience in the world, 
he's still not doing anything. And like it's just it's crazy to be honest to be paying this much and to be getting shit service at the end of the day. After this, I think he's literally finished and done from Formula One because like I don't see anybody else hiring Danny Rick. And if we can compare him to Vettel, but they're like Vettel is a four-time world driver champion, and Aston Martin is a shit team that I don't know. I'm still not conf- okay. He went there when they were having the pink Mercedes at that point in time, so he thought that it would be a good thing. But like Vettel is already an accomplished person. Daniel Rick is not accomplished. Daniel Rick has not come close to winning a world driver championship. He was meant to be a good driver. Like Daniel Rick had the hype Leclerc had. For Leclerc has Daniel Rick had it back then. But like Daniel Rick has not seen it through. He has not done anything magnificent in everyone. He has not been what they promised. So to be honest, like I see this as a waste of money, to be honest. But like I don't see him improving. But yeah. Hmm. I will have to um agree with everything you said, but um I will just um allow the rest of the team to share their opinion. So we have um Adebayo then um Imadi next, please. Uh, so I think first things first, this let us be staying hype for Danerican. <clears throat> Charles Leclerc. But again, right, I, I would probably agree with what um, um, others have said earlier about Daniel Rick, right? Come to look of it, right? To, come to take of it, rather. They brought in Daniel Rick um, based on his experience, right? They brought in Daniel Rick so that he would understand the car, right? Then also, like, make recommendations as to how they could further develop the car into making it much competitive, right? But I think the only thing that Danny Rick has successfully done so far, right, is um, um, I think he he doesn't like crashes the car, right? So he's saving them money from crashing those from crashing his car, right? That's the only thing he has done. But in terms of performance wise, which I just like glanced through the standings now. And I'm seeing Danny Rick below Kevin Magnussen. Um, I'm asking that hasn't brought updates since Bahrain, right? Kevin is above Danny Rick on the driver standings, right? Team that has not brought, brought any form of upgrade, right? And McLaren, if you would count the number of upgrades they brought, both major or minor, at least I think seven races, right? They brought in upgrades, right? And here you have a driver with lesser points than a team that we all know that even the hungry upgrade that they said they will bring right in the next three races we we will still debated yesterday on whether they will bring it or not right so if, if that if that happens right this is the same thing that happened in 2020 to sebastian vettel right and charles the correct right charles was getting the report m there you could say the car the car is shit or something right but again if you remember 2020 right Binotto literally signed Seb's replacement even before informing Seb that it was going to be um, sent out of Ferrari, right? So at some point as well, teams will be forced to make good decisions, to make quality decisions because, you know, they'll also be targeting um, 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 the, the, the agreed, right? The agreed place finish, right? On the Constructor Championship, right? And when you have a driver that it's not that doesn't even have like one one third of what someone that is meant to be 
right? Um, a second driver, right? You would make the call, right? You make the bold call, right? And whatever criticism that Danirik is facing, right? You, I don't think there's any justification to justify why he shouldn't be criticized based on his performance, right? There's because if you look at last season, right? What is the major reason why Ferrari finished P3? Clear, right? Apart from the race win Danirik had at uh, Monza, his performance last season was horrible, right? If he, if he, if he had like 75% of what Landon Norris put in last season, McLaren would have finished P3 comfortably ahead of Ferrari, right? And the same thing is happening again this season, right? You could see um, um, Lando above both, um, both Alpine drivers, but understand is I think Alpine are above them because of the fact that they have Lando has a second driver that has 15 points where he has 50 something points. Come on now. There's no defense that you can't and Land and Danirik is not is not um a Granujo that or, or Yuki Sanoda that just joined last season, right? That he could be saying that probably he's still trying to understand the car. This song that has been nail fan for like from 20, 2011 if I'm correct, right? Come on, there's no justification. I don't think there's any justification anywhere that would fly that that Eric's performance is based on car or something. Or, I don't know. Adibayo, as um, I guess we are all in the same um, boat on this. Um, Imade, please go next. All right. Yeah, okay. So um I actually wanted to say what Bola just said about track record and um the whole um, crap that um Danny Rick does. But just to add to whole the whole thing, I think for every driver that has that is an F1, every single one of them is a, is talented in some way. So it's not about knocking on saying uh, knocking on Danny Ricardo and saying he's not talented. He's obviously talented, but if we're going to blame anybody for the facade that he has been able to build as maybe a tier one racing driver, the person we should blame is Vettel. Because in 2014, Vettel was trying to tank intentionally and, and activate his exit clause from Red Bull to join his supposed boyhood dream team. And that was why that now that, that made it seem like Danny Rick was this young superstar coming through the ranks and beating a freshly fourth time world champion. Vettel was just probably tanking at that point and trying to activate his, the clause in his contract. So if we're going to blame anyone who has been able to put up, if create that facade that Danirik is a tier one driver, the person we should blame is Vettel. Because honestly, Danirik has really not done so many spectacular things as people want us to believe. So yes, he's a talented driver. Anyone, even Latifi that everyone has been criticizing for the last few weeks, months, He's also a talented driver up to an extent. But at best, Danny Rick is probably a tier two or tier three driver. Yeah, thank you. Wow, 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 wow. Imagine this is a different this is a different caliber of shit. But yeah, I didn't know we are not doing tiers. Ha Ugao. Tier two. Okay. Thank you very much, um, Imade. So um okay. Um, Evans, Evans, then um, Jojo, then we can move on to um, the next team, please. Uh, I don't know whether I can add to uh, regarding uh, Ferrari's strategy today. Um, I think they 
they they're saying that they should have they did not want to pit Leclerc because of track position, but uh, he was leading the race. So uh, the tire offset strategy was just, I, I don't think that was the right call because um, I think they feared to double stack um, uh, because it never went, um, or it never worked in Monte Carlo. But today if they double stacked, then I think they would have been, one two, but um, I think uh, they they fear to double stack, which was again their undoing. Um, I think Lewis maybe would have fought Leclerc if the safety car was not there, uh, because he he had better tires. So yeah, his pace in clean air was very good. So he was matching. I think he was matching Leclerc's pace. So he he even set the fastest lap. So. Yeah, but Ferrari's strategy might be their undoing, especially when they need to maximize when Red Bull have not had a good weekend. So, yeah. And uh, lastly, uh, guys, you can follow me on Twitter. I don't mind. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, thank you very much, um, Evans. Um, I think we've spoken about the Ferrari strategy um, before. Um, I believe you were not. Maybe you were not. You were not here earlier, but. Yeah, I guess um, if you follow us, you'll be able to know when we go live. But um, yeah, thank you for that, um, Evans. Thank you so much. Um, Jojo, please. Thank you. I wanted to add to the Sebastian's um, contribution. Um, in a way, I hear all of the flags on um, Seb. But I also think that if I take us back to Days of Ferrari, it was when Ferrari was at his peak when they were matching Mercedes for every race, even though we know they cheated with their engine. But most of the things that you know frustrated the team were, or frustrated their efforts were, yes, Seb made some mistakes, and then Ferrari again, their strategy calls. And then eventually the team imploded. Ferrari just, they just, I don't know what happened. Internally, they imploded. And so we have Sebastian in another company, and Aston Martin, who clearly don't have a direction. Last year, they copied the Mercedes. They said they're copying a Red Bull. They clearly don't have a direction. They're trying to just copy and paste their way to the top, which is not working. So you can see, for the Aston Martin guys, you can see Seb's experience really, really helping them. Because come to think of it, Lance Stroll, the, the, the other driver, who happens to be the son of the owner of the company, is not there. He's not even in the game. It's Sebastian holding, holding up for them. So, but, you know, I, I think um, they have a good car and over time it will improve. But because of this budget cap, they may not be able to achieve all of that this season. But I expect them to, you know, come up with a better car next season. So I don't agree with all of the flags on Sebastian. I mean, we saw a couple of races back and we saw the fight with Sebastian. If he had a very good car, you will see him compete. It's the same argument we had with um, Lewis Hamilton this year. Some wrote him up and said uh, Russell was doing better, blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, he was taking a lot for the team just to ensure that they corrected some of those um, errors. And then when they got a better car, you can see Russell can't even match his pace. So that's it. I don't think we should disrespect and read too much into Sebastian for now. Let's give that Aston Martin, hopefully. I'm just hoping that Lance Stroll, be, uh, Stroll can sell that car to a more competitive um, investor who will be able to invest properly and then put the right things in place. Thanks. 
Thank you very much, uh, Jojo. So, um, just to, I, I know we're still on the Ricardo and McLaren as a whole, but um, I personally, I don't feel um, Seb and Ricardo should be, they should, like, I don't feel both of them should be put together and there should be a discussion about them, you understand? Because Seb has achieved a lot, you know, from BMW to Toro Rosso to Ferrari and um, Aston Martin, you know. So he's proved his words everywhere he's gone to, you know. Um, as compared to Ricardo, you know, Ricardo just it's received triple positions, you know, Leclerc has surpassed him, uh, and, you know, and then um, Sainz just won his first race. So if Sainz carries on for me, can who knows what can happen? So, um, yeah, I think the um comparison between Seb and Ricardo is not is not fair in any way, you know, because um you we we both know uh, we all know that Aston Martin have not had a good car, you know, they've been winging it. So um yeah, so um that's just it basically. So moving on um. Okay, still let's just um delve into um Aston Martin as a whole. So since we're already on it. So moving on, um Aston Martin and um Vettel and what's his name again? Stro. Stro, uh Stro, I, I I can't remember. I don't know where Stro finished today, I believe. Um P twelve, P eleven. Okay, no, um P eleven, yeah, Latifi finished P twelve. So yeah, um Stro. The, the thing about Stroll is Stroll has this um I I, I want to compare Stroll to uh, a footballer um, Anthony Marshall Stroll has this um, um laid back attitude in the sense that if you give him a a car that is fine he'll be able to do something with it you know and then, um, if you're even going to compare Stroll and Latifi, you tend to, um, you see that in Stroll there's more of a driver there. But uh, this season, I don't, I really don't, I really don't know um, what has happened. Obviously, we know the team is um, with the change of structure. I believe we've spoken about this before with the change of um, structure. And um, management is bound to affect what is going to happen on track, you know. So, um, I know one thing is the cab, but uh, Stroh himself has not even really put in um, good performances, you know, qualifying P20, you know, uh, at, at least, um, even if the car is not um, good, at least maybe you should be doing better than your teammates. Which is um my view, you know. So um I don't know, but I think for Aston Martin first, it's more of the team having a clear structure, um, having a clear objective. Like Aston Martin, you ask what are their goals this season? Is it to finish um in the middle of the midfield or where do you really want to finish? You know. So and then. If you are looking at it from the outside, that's not uh, well, let's say that's not clearly defined. 
you know. So um, I would say when it comes to the drivers, I will first look at the team before I look at drivers, and then when we look at the team, it's not it's not so there's no so much cohesion for them to um be able to bring out a a fabulous car, you know. So um yeah. Okay, I see um, Jojo, or please go ahead and um, anyone else. Uh, <laughs> the only thing I want to say is that, just like Latifi, the only reason uh, Lanstrol is driving in F1 is because of his father. Those two are the same thing. They don't, they are not fit to drive any Formula 1 car. I don't see them as competitive. I see them as very laid back. They even don't have skills, enough skills to be able to be fast enough to drive a Formula One car. So, but if I'm to speak generally on Aston Martin, um, I don't know what to make of Aston Martin, which is why I'm kind of faulting why um, Sebastian will go to Aston Martin in the first place. I thought probably he'll step down to a Formula, I mean, a Ferrari engine car, maybe just put his pride aside. But, you know, you could also think maybe because um, a new year, new new regulations, Mercedes engine, maybe they have a chance. But clearly, it's obvious that Aston Martin don't have a direction. I mean, they're just copying and copying. I still don't want to believe they don't have access to copying Red Bull. I mean, and come up with that kind of design. So they're going to obviously struggle almost throughout the season. So it's not going to pay to Sebastian advantage. Instead, Aston Martin will probably use experience to try and see how they can make corrections with the car and hopefully improve. And that's if Lance Stroll doesn't go and crash the car on a race and then they end up with zero points or, you know, they're able to make up points. So that's it. I'm not really confident with Aston Martin. Um, they're burning money. I don't think the owner will be there for too long. Maybe we'll just sell at the end of the day and that will just leave... Um, maybe few spaces for new faces to come into the, the team. Thanks. Thank you very much, Jojo. Well, I think for Aston Martin, obviously we've had a lot of um, companies that want to come into F1, like um, the likes of Porsche. Um, there was a rumor that there was going to be a an announcement of the... Porsche, Red Bull Porsche partnership, um, I believe it's for 2024, if I'm not mistaken. But um, I, I believe that didn't take place. But let's see what happens in um, Austria. Maybe that's where the announcement will be. Um, on Aston Martin, I don't know if anyone has anything to add. Just before we go down to um, the next thing, please. Okay. Um. So we've got um. We've got um. Has. Um. Yeah. So has um. Mick Schumacher today finishing um P eight, um getting his first uh, F one point, finally after two seasons. Um. One person that will not be happy would be Mazepin. Maybe. But um yeah, uh, congrats to him on getting his first points. Hopefully, um, he can build on that momentum and then um, get more points from there. Um, well, Kmag, Kmag also finishing um P ten. So um, both Haskars 
in the points. I believe um after a rough couple of weekends, uh it's good to see both cars in the points. I'm not sure anyone expected to have um has in the points, but I guess that's that's the impact of um when you ha- when you have multiple incidents and um multiple um situations occur. So um yeah um it will be interesting to see if they keep this momentum up in Austria, but I don't expect them to be that lucky in um Austria going um coming next week. So I don't know if anyone has anything to add. Okay, so um, I think that's it. Okay, um, last but not the least, Williams. Williams, uh, I think it's just very unfortunate what happened with Alex Albon. You know, um, it was more of a collateral damage to the whole um, incident. And funny enough, I believe the person that came in contact with Albon was, if I'm not mistaken, was he, I'm not sure if it was, was he Vettel or, I believe it was one of the Aston Martins. I don't know, let's, if someone can help me with that, please. But, uh, it was more of a collateral. Vettel. Vettel, yeah? Okay. Thank yep. you. So, so um, I believe it was more of a collateral damage and then, um, very unfortunate for the team. You know, because um, I believe maybe the only positive that would have come out from the team is if Latifi finished in the points. But uh, we also how that ended up. Um, I would say big ups, big ups to Latifi finishing ahead of Ricardo and um, Yuki, even though they were only fourteen drivers. So yeah, um. I believe um the qualifying yesterday should be um more of a booster for him going into the um few races that we have till the summer break and um uh, let's see. And um yeah, I don't know if anyone has anything else again on Williams. So I think for Williams, we haven't still seen the full extent of their so-called one-second package that's, you know, defeated to Albon's car. I mean, quality on Saturday was rain-influenced, and that favored the high downforce setup that they, they kind of ran alongside with Mercedes, which was on Latifi's car. So which is why I think that might be the reason why Latifi was able to actually, you know, have a good quality yesterday. And then the race day today, we were like, okay, we'll see the new package on Albon's car. And unfortunately, the opening lap chaos happened. So I think we still haven't seen the extent of that package. So would they be able to jump the hasses? Would they be able to probably challenge VB in the alpha? You know, it's, it's still undecided. But I think at the moment, things might be looking up because one second from the package, you go fear. I mean, the whole one second in, in, I mean, for us, one second doesn't really, doesn't, it doesn't seem like a lot, but in motor racing and in like athletics and sports, like one second is a big, a huge improvement to make. So I think in Austria, time will tell. Time will tell and we'll be able, we'll be able to see just how, how their season might turn out because really one second is, it's a lot. 
Thank you so much, uh, Balaji. Well, um, I guess that's it for um, all the things. But um, finally, um, I don't know, is anyone expecting anything dynamic um, in Austria? You know, I personally think it's, it's just it's going to be Max dominating again or um, next week, but we never know. So I don't know if anyone has any expectations for Austria next week. Um, yeah, Debayo, please. So if um, if Mercedes space is real, <laughs> right? Uh, if that space is quite real, then I think um, I think there's sprint race right at Austria, right? Yes, please. I, yes, that's the yeah. first sprint race of the season, Abi. Second, yeah. second, sorry. So I think it's going to be quite an interesting battle, right? Because you might just probably have to witness the same thing we saw when um four four drivers were on soft tires right um it's going to be like an interesting battle between max louis charles carlos perez right then again we're going to see six drivers contesting for pole position right and which for me brings the brings the interesting game into F1 that we've been expecting this season, at least based on the new regulations. Um, then, yeah, that if the pace of for Mercedes is quite real, right, then it should be an interesting um, contest. But again, I just think based on the package we saw um, at Silverstone, right, I still think probably Red Bull has that required... Um, Space, right, or package to get the work done, and also with the fact that Austria has Orange Hammy. Come on, it's going to be like very, but well, it's going to be an interesting weekend. But again, right, Ferrari seems um, stronger as well, so there should be like Tifosis as well on track. But I don't, I think Orange Hammy would definitely bring that boost for Red Bull. But again, I just expect it to be an interesting weekend. Thank you. Okay, um, Abdul, please go ahead. Um, yeah. So I'm looking forward to Austria next this week actually because um, it's one of the I think three home races that Max has. Um, it's the home race for Red Bull at the Red Bull Ring, and um, interestingly enough, there's a sprint race in Austria. So um, we're not going to see just two practice sessions, and um, it would really show which team has the pace because you have the sprint race to score points and make up places, then also the race. So it's going to be a very, very interesting race. Let's let's see how it goes. And um, Mercedes brought their upgrade now. And um, I know Ferrari and Red Bull have upgrades planned. They didn't really bring anything for Silverstone. And um, it will be very interesting when those two teams now bring their upgrade. Let's now see the true order. If Mercedes truly cut the gap or uh, Red Bull and Ferrari still heads and shoulders above uh, Mercedes. We'll see very soon. Well, um, I, that's very interesting. Um, I will have to agree with everything you said, um, Abdul. But um, is it, well, it's going to be interesting because well, there's going to be a sprint race and uh, and um, the normal Grand Prix on Sunday. So, uh, one thing I'm looking forward to is um the reliability of um these top teams and how they perform. 
you know so um yeah okay i think um i don't know if anyone else has anything they want to share quickly okay balaji please go ahead yeah i just like to add that you know historically apart from being a home race for red bull the red bull cars work really well at the red bull ring if i recall correctly i think it's there's an altitude thing so either the track is very low or very high so the air is not enough in the engine or so so even like before now before mercedes had the issue with you know performance and all of that the red bull car was really always very competitive in uh, the Red Bull ring. So ideally, I expect, you know, Max and especially uh, Max to bounce back after the disappointment of this weekend. So he just might have another Grand Slam, you know, even more than a Grand Slam. So quality pull, win sprint, lead all the laps on Sunday, fastest lap on Sunday. You know, it's, so everything is poised perfectly for a Max comeback. But hopefully we get... Something as exciting as Silverstone again. Thank you very much, um, Bolaji. So, um, I guess that's it for us, all of us today. Um, guys, thank you for joining us um, yesterday, today. Thank you to Imade and Bolaji for um, being up here with me. Um, it's been a pleasure listening to you all. Um, also, if you like to support us, please click the link in our bio and um, thank you. Um, we'll be back again for the sprint um, race and as well as the Grand Prix on Sunday. So, thank you. I wish you all a great week ahead and God bless you all. Quick Bye. question before everyone leaves. Sorry, um, 